Blog Talk Radio. It is now time for your weekly football party. Live from the IMLD Home Studios. In its eighth season, this is In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. With your host, Jay and Dre. Ah, yes, it is all Hallow's Eve. Welcome into our spooktacular edition of In Much Less Detail, the podcast. I'm Dre, he's Jay. We are here with you live Saturday night, October the 31st, 2020. Yes, it's Halloween night. It's a full moon. Everything is aligned just right. And Jay's got the football party. He's got the Halloween party over at his house. Uh, how's everything going up there? It's going good. It's going good. I always make it a point to, to have um, Halloween off. And this year, uh, my dad's up from out of town. So we've got visitors here at the house, the kids, kids with the grandparents and, you know, trick-or-treating, not, not as, not as many people out trick-or-treating this year, if you could imagine. Um, so yeah, our neighborhood, which is usually really busy, um, was very quiet. Uh, the kids ended up with quite the hall though, because there weren't as many people giving out candy, but the people who were, were giving out a lot. Right. And it was very socially distant. So there were people literally like sliding candy down like rain gutters. Okay. To the kids, you know, so the kids would walk up to the porch and then people would literally slide the candy down a tube or down a rain gutter into their basket. Um, or they'd have the candy just set up out on a table and, you know, it was bags. The kids would just walk up and grab their thing. And so it was, yeah, it, it was, it was fun. Weather was great. Which we don't and everybody get very was often safe. around here, yeah, and we don't get that very often around here for uh, for Halloween. So uh, you know, for in a year where you just try to make the best of everything, uh, we made the best of it. Glad everybody had a good time and everything turned out okay. What what were the uh, kids this year? Uh, Trini was uh, Dorothy from the Wizard of Oz. Okay, cool. Because we have the little puppy, you know, so we have the little dog. Ah. You know, so that was going to be not in Kansas anymore, right? But uh, the dog lasted outside on the leash with us for about a house, and then we're like, "Yeah, let's take the dog home." (laughs) So, but she had the basket, and she had the the, the dress and the hairs, you know, done right. So uh, she had the ruby slippers. It was very cute. And Grant was a a monster. Grant was a Minecraft monster. Okay, because that's his favorite game. So Grant Grant loves all all things Minecraft. So he was a, a dragon for Minecraft. That's good. So yeah, and I was uh, just you know walking around. I I, I didn't dress up. <laughs> I didn't either. I, that's we we're way past our days of uh, dressing up for Halloween. Yeah. We we have fond memories of it though. Yeah, yeah. No, it's always spark. So I just make it a point to be home, especially at these years. You know, at this age, they're not. You know, to the point where they're too cool to hang out with mom and dad, where they want to be with their friends. So. I got to enjoy this while I can. Yeah, yeah. Before you know it, uh, they they will not be around. Yeah, yeah it's not pro- not going to be too many more. You know, I, right. I probably get to do this four or five more times with them before they start being too cool for for mm-hmm. mom and dad on on Halloween. 
Yeah, it, it goes quick from yeah. all that I've heard. It is. It's true. Yeah, I was uh, surprised to see my uh, supervisor prance into work today in a full uh, butterfly outfit, okay. like head to toe. Um, I, I, I'm, I completely misspoke. Not butterfly. It's late already. Not butterfly. Uh, bumblebee, like yellow and black stripes, and and oh, okay, uh, and everything. Uh, with the, the the wings threw me. She, I don't know uh, too many big winged uh, bumblebees, but she she had wings. It was a bumblebee with wings. Uh, yeah, I needed to. Yeah, I needed to call an audible and get the show moved to ten. Uh, I had a feeling that with the kids hopped up on candy and with visitors and trick or treating, that they were going to be pushing things past our normal start time, and that absolutely ended up being the case. They we didn't finally get them put down to bed until about nine twenty. Yeah. Which helps yeah, them surprise. the hour tonight. It really oh, yeah. Does. Fall back, people. Remember. That's right. so get that well, extra you know, hour, every, absolutely. Everyone's, everyone's cell phone will, and your computers will. But I've probably, you know, but then in the morning I have to get up and go, I've got multiple manual clocks that I have to go and dial back. And then, of course, you got to change the microwave and the stove. And, yeah. No, that, that's a great point by you that most people nowadays don't worry about falling back because everyone is yeah. going by their computer and their cell phone and yeah. uh, and their iPod, you know, electrical watches, uh, right. Apple watches, everything automatically falls back for them. I'm so old that it's still important for me to remember exactly when, what weekend that we're falling back because I have to go, like you said, the uh, yeah. stove clock and the alarm clock. I still, I still use a actual alarm clock. Like oh, you, see, no, I just use my phone. My phone is my right. alarm. Yeah, that, that everybody uses their phone. I am going to use this alarm that I bought uh, shopping with my high school girlfriend in the summer of 1994. Um, and it, it it's not, there's nothing wrong with it. So I'm going to use it until it stops working because why wouldn't I? It still works. It costs 20 bucks and it's worth every penny of that $20. And and it's it's wonderful. It's big and bright and red. And when I wake up in the middle of the night, I don't have to oh, sure. strain at all to see what time it is. I just turn my head to the left, and there it is. Big yeah, if I wake up, if I wake up in the middle of the night, I reach over on the nightstand, I grab my phone, and flip it up towards me, and there's the time. Yeah, I think most everyone does that now, but. Yeah, it, it, at least that's one thing I don't have to uh, adjust to the times. I don't have to reach for shit because it's right there. So. <laughs> I'm not changing I, sometimes that. Sometimes when I wake up in the middle of the night, I don't want to know what time it is though. <laughs> oh, I don't sure. want to. I don't. I don't, don't want to peek over with one eye and go, "Oh, it's only eleven forty-five," <laughs> and I'm wide awake. Oh. No, I. Yeah, I don't look every time, but sometimes I I want to know, and then sometimes I get to, to sort of test myself and see how good my body clock is, and I try to guess what time it is before oh, I look. Game. Yeah, yeah, and it's scary how right on I am. Some sometimes I'm like within five minutes, and it's like three something in the morning, and I'm like, you know, it feels like it's. I feel like I've been asleep about four hours. I'm gonna I'm gonna say three oh five, and I look over and it's three ten, and I'm like, oh my god. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, I remember being in high school or having a regular alarm clock and having that uncanny ability to wake up one minute before the alarm would go off every day. Yep, absolutely. You know, just in time to, to groan and either hit the snooze <laughs> or groan and turn it off because you knew you had to Turn it off and just get going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
No, my my body clock is so in tune now. I don't actually turn the alarm on because I don't have to wake up. I don't have to. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna wake up when I need to wake up anyway, no matter what. So I, I already know that. But I just like the clock itself because it's big and red and bright, and I don't have to do anything right. to it. So that's, that's not good. going anywhere. You're that, old. That clock's all you're I'm, all you're admitting to. I'm very old. That clock's gonna outlive me, and that's <laughs> I might have it buried with me. I, that's how much I love that clock. Anyway. Um, what I did not love was my picks once again, not good in week seven. Uh, well, we, we wound up uh, splitting those four. So I, uh, it, again, yeah, right. So yes, so we both get to claim our level of geniusness again. So the only thing you end up really giving me is the Thursday night victory ends up carrying me all the way through the week. Right. So I was, uh, one game behind you and it was that one game was the, the, the Philly win over the giants on, uh, not this past Thursday night, but the Thursday before that, where, as you said, they would uh, win and, and not cover the spread. And that's exactly what happened. Um, and then, yeah, again, eight games that we were different on, on Sunday and right down, right down the middle, Bill Alfonso right again. Down the middle. <laughs> we were playing with fire these last two weeks and nobody right. got burned. That's what yeah, we, is the most amazing is that we disagree on 16 games in two weeks. And somehow find a way to go eight, eight and zero <laughs> in those sixteen games. Not even a, not even a, a a push in those sixteen. Yep. Although there was a push last week, but we both had there a team. Yeah. Uh, so six, seven, and one for me on the week, and seven, six, and one for you. And for the season, that puts me six games under five hundred at forty-eight and fifty-four, and you right right down the middle, right, right. on the nose. Down 51 and 51. <laughs> right at 500. Three games Even, ahead of I tell me you on what, the season. This season, 500 feels <laughs> like a, a huge victory. I'll season. be very happy to get to 500 if it, if it happens. You're, just, you're clawing your way back. I'm, I'm trying, man. I'm trying like hell. You know, <laughs> I, for I was many, up there. For all those fives and sixes that you've put up so far to only be six games off, <laughs> that that's not too bad. I'm looking back and I, yeah, I see a lot of uh, very middling weeks. And then I see that 11 and three that I put forth on. You had that one huge week. Yeah. That's carrying you right now. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm I'm back, baby. I see it all now. I see it clearly. I'm right. No, it's, no it didn't quite work out. Didn't carry through uh, the next two weeks, but I'm, I'm optimistic again. I, I, and, again. I like my picks this week. So we'll, we'll find out. And you find a way to yeah. get yourself down two now in the locks uh, through seven weeks. And that's what I get for putting trust in Romeo Cornell and Deshaun Watson. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I know. I, you, cra- you I, crapped, I crapped all over that one. Um, yeah. I believe both your lock losses this year have been picks we disagreed on, too. You, you you're just trying to find a way to bring up that, yeah, that, that other and, lock. Yeah. But both the of them, worst pick you know, both ever. times you lost your lock, I crapped all over it. Yeah, and um, you were right. Five, so you're but still you're five and two in the locks, which is by your standards incredible. Pretty right? damn good. <laughs> That's oh, wait, one way of five, looking four, at it. Are you four and three or five and two? Yeah, four and three. Yeah, I got four, four and you and got three. six. Okay, so I'm six and one. Mm-hmm. No, that's pretty damn locks. good. I'll take it. I'm I, sure I'll, you I'll, will. I will take six and one, and I felt y'all need about to be making one. money on Jason's locks because that's where the money is this year. I, you know, and a couple yeah, of them putting that whammy. I, I, 
a, a couple of them were dicey, but oh, it mm-hmm. was a win. <laughs> they came through. And, and Pittsburgh, Tennessee <laughs> uh, was dicey. And it sure. shouldn't have been. That should not have been a, a close pick. I mean, Pittsburgh was up 20, 17? Yeah, 20. That, that was, that was ugly. Seven. Yeah, that, that was that was getting to blow out territory. And uh, Pittsburgh just stormed right back. And uh, Roethlisberger, uh, when they were trying to ice the game away, threw a horrible interception mm-hmm. into triple coverage. And, and, and you don't make that. I expect that throw from, like, Kyler Murray, you know, or or Joe Burrow. I expect that throw from somebody who's not a, a seasoned veteran uh, Super Bowl winner. Uh, in the league, as long as he has, where he finds a way to somehow force a ball into triple coverage and get that thing picked to give Tennessee even a fighting chance uh, to come down and tie or win that game. That that's when I started to sweat. Well, that was the story of that game was Ben Roethlisberger using all his weapons, uh, using the short throws, using the whole field. Didn't care about any of his weapons. He was. Killing Tennessee, death by a thousand paper cuts. He was working very fast after the snap. Uh, Tennessee tried to get pressure on him; it didn't work. He was flinging the ball with his left hand. He was uh, the the Titans are the worst team statistically on third down defensively. They kept saying that throughout the broadcast. Yeah. We saw why uh, they just that first half the Titans could not get them off the field no matter what. And Ben was commanding his offense masterfully, and it was. Uh, a sight to see, and and like you said, he put he put him up twenty at one point, twenty seven to seven, in the third quarter, and the only reason Ben got into position to throw such a terrible interception to, to give Tennessee a, a game winning drive potentially all of a sudden was a, a penalty backed Pittsburgh up, and that took those short throws off the table. He had to go long on third. He decided to go all the way long and try to deep uh, middle laser. And it got busted up for a for an end zone the interception, and that's the only reason the Titans had a had a chance really. Uh, besides that, it was just all short throws and just precision. And the the Steelers really looked impressive, but the Titans looked impressive in in forcing a comeback. So it, it, both teams uh, showed me something. Both teams really uh, had a, a positive outcome to take away from that game, even though Tennessee took the L. Uh, and Pittsburgh took the W. I think both teams uh, showed that they're both very much quality teams. There's no flukes uh, in, in either one of those sides with the Titans or the Steelers. Yeah, no, you get the sense watching that game. You know, Pittsburgh gets up big early. Tennessee comes back like, Yeah, you get the feeling that these teams play ten times, and they're either going five and five or six and four one way or the other. Yeah, it would be tight. They, you they're know, and, very and, evenly matched. Yeah, and, and you know, and, and Pittsburgh has a lot in the first half, first three quarters, where you can look at them and go, "Wow, that's the best team in the uh, AFC." And then Tennessee does just enough to kind of put that little seed into your mind, like, "Well, let's mm-hmm. hold off before we before we before we go full Denny Green, um, <laughs> crown their ass on Pittsburgh." Yeah, before we do that, let's 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 maybe uh, let's see what happens this week. I think this is what I this is the one everyone wants to see with Pittsburgh and Baltimore now. Well, we, we knew he would have something to say about the win, and we know he'll have something to say about this Baltimore game coming up, so let's bring him on in. Bryce in Brooklyn, you're on in much less detail the podcast. You guys got another one. <laughs> Dre and Jason, good to talk to you guys tonight. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween to you. It was 
It was quite the game. It was. It got a little scary at the end, though. You know, it did. Um, let's recap from last week. Um, I think a lot of what I said last week kind of kind of came to fruition. Um, you know, I, I I wanted to see how this Tennessee defense could handle James Conner um, because they weren't really talking about him. He had a really good game. He was physical. They really imposed their will. Um, I wanted. I knew Derrick Henry wanted to run for no 200 yards. That wasn't going to happen. It didn't. Couple, couple, couple nice runs, but was really bottled up. Um, and the thing that I think really for me, you said five out of five, six out of five. I think Pittsburgh beats them seven out of three, seven out of ten. I think Pittsburgh's overall better team. And if not for a couple, you know, two, two of those interceptions. One was at the end of the half. I, I wanted to see the out route to get the field goal, not so the Hail Mary. And then the tip ball was kind of fluky. It goes up in the air. The third one, I don't like the decision to go to the end zone. I wanted us to check down and kick another field goal. I think we're getting too greedy in the red zone. We've done this a couple games. Even if we're second and six, third and six, we're throwing into the end zone. I don't think it was triple coverage. I think it was uh, Tampa 2, Juju down the middle on the linebacker. You know, you want to see Juju, like, make that play, but the linebacker made a great play. But I just don't like the decision to run that play. Um, so that's the one, okay, that's on Ben, Juju, whatever. But the other two, those are kind of fluky, fluky interceptions. It's like all things being equal, no turnovers. Can Tennessee really play straight up? I don't know. That defense, not as good as it was last year. So I, I think we're just a better team. Tannehill didn't throw the ball downfield. That was surprising. I mean, he had the 73-yard touchdown. That was a catch and run. Not a lot of balls going down the field. No, no chunks. I don't know. I need to see more against our defense. I need to see chunk plays. I need to see him complete those in order to really get scared. So I love that win. That was a solid win, and, yeah, it was a good job. See, well, I, I think I it almost saves – I think it almost says more about the Titans that they mounted the comeback without Tannehill making big chunk plays, uh, just that home yeah, run to yeah. A.J. Brown. Uh, and yeah. that was on the, the defense. That was on Tennessee's defense, got fired up after that uh, touchdown and started rallying to the ball and actually uh, held the Steelers down. That that 27 that they got on that field goal to start the third quarter, that was it. That was no more points for Pittsburgh after that. And, and that's yeah. the Titans stepping up. And, and uh, that's why it seems more even to me uh, – then, then slanted towards uh, towards the Steelers because the Steelers were pretty much dominating and controlling the ball for a full half, and then really the whole second half that was pretty much all Titans. Yeah, I mean, I think they were aided. I think that turnover aided them. Um, I think at the end of the first half, you make a better decision, just throw the quick out, you let Boswell kick the field goal. You know, now it's a it's a 27, uh, I think, to seven game. And then that fluky thing that got turned up into the air and picked off, you know, that's kind of a, a fluky interception, but it happened. I just, I mean, you take away these turnovers and those interceptions, it's like this is Tennessee's personality. They do come back, and I give it to you. But they need to get those things in order to mount that comeback. They can't, I don't think, play Pittsburgh straight up, no fluky turnovers, and just go up and down the field on us. I don't see that. Okay. Well, I, I, I see your point. I don't necessarily 100% agree with it. Uh, I think Tennessee, you know, Tennessee, we talked about Baltimore, you know, the front runner, right? Baltimore is that ultimate front running team. 
and if they they got to get the big number, otherwise you can't. They can't come back. Tennessee, you would think, would play a very similar style of football to Baltimore, where you're a run first team. You're not built to come back. But now we've actually seen a Tennessee team. Their defense stinks. Um, they're definitely not what they were last year. But we saw against Houston. We saw here in this game that they they can do it. That that offense, even though it's unique. And nobody else plays football like Tennessee does. That they are they are capable of coming back, and they they lost, you know. So I, I'm glad they lost. I had Pittsburgh. Andre had Pittsburgh. It was my lock of the week. I, everything lined up properly. I felt much better at 27-7 than I felt at 27-24 with Tennessee holding on to the football, um, you know. And if Tennessee is able to do anything on that last drive and go down and tie it or go down and win the game. This, we're definitely having a different conversation. So we, we, I, I think, you know, it's okay to feel really great about three and a half good, you know, or two and a half really great quarters of football. Um, but, you know, there's always got to be some concern when the, the big lead evaporates. Yes. It, yeah. So, so both teams have Absolutely. something coming out of that. That's why I think it's more even coming out of the game. I mean, maybe Pittsburgh's slightly ahead of Tennessee. Um you know, that's why I said maybe you could go six to four if they played ten games. But so Tennessee's a quality football team, and that's why that was a quality win. Um, and, and Tennessee has shown that they can jump up and, and punch some people in the mouth, uh, especially with I mean, after that playoff run last year. It's, it's really hard to doubt that team. Yeah, it's, it's the way they have to win. Like, like, like Tennessee is dangerous because they've got to me a Hall of Fame running back that just is so unique in the way he plays. And, boy, I tell you what, this past week, it was so much fun watching Ryan Clark on first take and just how fired up these guys got. And, oh, my gosh, Robert Spillane. Who he, he kind of, like, you may not like the way Ryan put it about the late-game bravery, but the point he was making is actually very true about the style. If you watch Derrick Henry in the front seven, you get him before he gets going, you can and you can put some hits on him because he runs kind of straight up and down. And Pittsburgh penetration kills a run game. P.J. Watt was on him. He got blowed up on the goal line by Robert Spillane. Oh, my goodness. I mean, it's hard to do that against Pittsburgh. They're, they're built to stop the run. So that's why I'm like, look, Tennessee can come back because I think they have good weapons. But I just think overall and the kicking game, Pittsburgh is better. Like the punter at Tennessee is better, but Boswell is better than Goskowski. You can't trust that guy. They need to cut that guy because he's going to lose them a game. He he and had that really... one game where he missed every, like just everything and then finally hit the game winner. Uh, mm-hmm. Goskowski to me strikes me. He's the guy who like is really good at hitting field goals and he misses extra points like crazy. He did that in New England too. Um, yeah, he's very inconsistent for a guy who's got Hall of Fame kicker credentials. Um, you, you, you it doesn't pass the eye test to me. No, he's he's had his his better days are behind him. He, he sliced that one uh, from forty five to uh, tie the game, and it was it was right there. Just uh, he just managed to find a way to to spin it off to the right, and uh, yeah, he's he's definitely not nearly as consistent as as he used to be. So that's that's a problem for the Titans for sure. Yeah, that's that's. So I just I just think Pittsburgh overall, all things being equal, I think with those teams, their defense, I just I don't believe in it. Um, I'm not saying it's a bad defense. I'm just saying playing against our offense with the way we're playing now, they're going to have a hard time getting off the field. And so if they play again in a lot of these games, how are they stopping that? They 
There's no Ngakwe to trade for. <laughs> you know, right. you know the Ravens are smart. I give it to them. They run their front office kind of like we do. The Titans don't have those guys, and I mean they just they kind of got exposed on defense. You know, now granted they play tough. They're smart, better second half, but they needed the turnovers to aid them. You know, if we play more conservative, check it down, get field goals. You're talking about a nine point game. It becomes a lot different. Um, so you know, we'll see. But we won. On to Ravens week. Oh, I can't wait for this game tomorrow. Well, how do you see it? It's the big one. This is the one. This is the best rivalry in pro football. And it has been for a while. I think it's because of the physicality and animosity. It's not even as – it doesn't have the animosity it had years ago, but the tension is still there. These other teams don't seem to – they don't seem to have that, that physicality. Like Packers and Bears, it's a good rivalry, but doesn't have the same animosity. Again, though, it's, a one, it's not a rivalry when one team has dominated it for the last 20 years. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> and nobody's going to match the physicality of back in, you know, in the Ray Lewis and Ed Reed oh, versus no. Palomalu days. Those, I, I mean, that, you those know, are blood wars. I still get excited thinking about those games. I mean, they could make a – a 10 to nine game feel like the greatest game you've ever seen because it wasn't that often because it was just, you know, hard hitting defense, both sides of the football, um, both teams just, it wasn't that the offenses were bad. You were just watching, you know, top notch world-class defense. And that was fun to watch. That wouldn't, that wouldn't draw ratings today. You have to have this arena football style scores going on right now. apparently. That's a good point. I tell you what, Full, you know, real talk. I'm going to keep it a bean with you. When I've been waiting for this game, a couple weeks ago, I'm like, I can't wait to play these guys because they like to play, you know, Coach Martindale, their D coordinator, loves to play cover one, big man football, get in your face. They can't rush the passer. This is going to be barbecue chicken, even with the corners they have. You play that against Ben Roethlisberger, that's a good way to start getting – he's going to get hot. But then they traded for Ngakwe, and I'm like, oh, this is such a Ravens thing to do. I'm going to throw up in my mouth. Because it's such a great pickup for them. <laughs> it's such a great pickup for them with their secondary they have. And, and I'm like, oh, that's going to make it a little bit more interesting. Um, this game is going to be interesting because no Ingram. J.K. Dobbins is a fast guy. I think Duvernay is going to get more touches. He's an explosive guy. They're coming off a bye week. Lamar Jackson can go one play 80 yards. It's like you want to put the Ravens in the same position as the Titans as you want to do the Bucs. You want to get that lead and make Lamar have to play on the outside, throw to the outside, then you can unleash the pass rush. But now that they've got Ngakwe and they've got a more balanced defense, I think they're going to do a better job of getting off the field on third down. They can play that cover one. So if Ben shows up and is not judicious with the ball, and, and throws kind of these, uh, you know, he likes to get it in chunks, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make these throws, and he can do it. If he forces footballs and turns it over this week, that's going to come back to bite us. So what do you think is going to happen? How is it going to work out? Man. I want to hear you. I want to hear, hear you go against him. I can hear the pain. <laughs> I can hear the pain. I can hear, yeah, the, I can I hear the head and the heart fighting with each other right now. Because I try to actually, like, like, like I try to look at position, position in the matchups. No, no Bush, 
No UG3, the backup guy who's playing linebacker on passing downs. You got Spillane. Lamar Jackson is such a unique individual in terms of the speed. You got Dobbins. I think Duvernay is going to get more touches. So what can they do against our defense? I think our defense will be ready, and if we can get that lead and get them off the field on third down, I think our offense, if we can run the football, very similar to last week, if James Conner, who has given the Ravens some problems, can get going, I think the Steelers can pull this out. I'm close to picking against them, but I just think if Conner gets going, I think this is one of those games because Martindale's Martindale. He's going to put them in cover one. And when the Hall of Famer sees cover one with these weapons, ooh, you can be down quick, 14 to three, because he's starting to carve you up. I think the Ravens play into our hands and Ben goes off. I'm going to go Steelers, 27, Ravens, 20. Well, and you said the key right there. If you see this getting to 14 to three, uh, Lamar Jackson has never won a football game where he's down by more than 10 points. So that's the key. That's a damning statistic, man. It is. It is. That you're is. over. That's why you're mean, over your great, career. Talented. I think he can be great. Yeah. I don't put him in that top tier just yet because I mean, how can you be top tier when you can't negotiate from the pocket and come from behind? Did, did Patrick Mahomes win six in a row when he was <laughs> down by more than ten? Lamar Jackson's, Jackson's never had a one. No, so. we we've seen it. We there's nothing more X-rated on TV these days than Lamar Jackson playing from behind. That's the ugliest thing. <laughs> You don't want to let your children watch that. It is just obscene. So, right. yeah, if the Steelers get that that two-touchdown lead, yeah. that, that's pretty much it. Yeah, it's your blueprint, yeah. but it's not so easy. Getting up on them is – getting up more than right. 10 on them is harder than it sounds like. Much yeah. easier yeah. said than done. The yeah. corners. I mean, their corners, that's the best corner group in the league to me. Humphreys, Peters, yeah. Jimmy Smith, I've always respected him. I think there can be some plays up the middle – the linebackers, inside guys, and safeties aren't as great as they have been, but they're good. I think right. with our talent, we can control the middle. I think that could be a key. Um, but, yeah, their corners, top-notch. Yeah, with Patrick Mahomes, there is no safe lead. Like, getting the lead means nothing. you got to get them off the field on third down. Yeah. That's how you beat that team. You run the ball, you get them off the field on third down. And, and, and I know you, you pointed Mahomes, out the excellence, the excellence of the special teams over Tennessee. Um, Baltimore, uh, Baltimore's got a better kicker. Um, yeah, yeah, he's the best. That's the best yep. kicker in the league, and uh, so you, I would, so, so, yeah. And the Ravens are exceptionally coached. So you got that's a, this is why this is the best game on the docket this week. Normally, Andre and I wouldn't even talk about this game because normally our our Halloween week is we just talk about the shitty teams. Um, yeah, we spend 15 last, minutes on Jets our, Chiefs. This is our last time to talk about the bad teams. This way, we just our sort of our Halloween rite of passage was just, okay. Let's just get this off our chest. We're not going to talk about these guys anymore. Um, but the, you know, now that we do the football party, we we, we kind of spread the love around, so we don't have to play the spooky music. And 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 although we might for some of these picks, I need your picks, Raven Steelers. Oh, Trey Jason, who you got and why? I I, uh, I got the Ravens this week. Uh, it, yeah. I think Pittsburgh's been living the charm life. Uh, I think that, you know, last week was a big test for them. And this, like you said, this is a uh, this is a very similar team, a very run-heavy team. Baltimore's rested up. They're coming off the bye. They made the big pickup. They're ex- Like I said, they're exceptionally coached. They're great on special teams. And they've owned this matchup recently. I know last year it 
was without Ben Roethlisberger, who, you know, he, he makes a huge difference. Um, but he's also he won that prone. game at home. He's also mistake prone. He, he still will make those throws that you just like slap your forehead and go, what are you doing? And you can't do that against a team um, that, that gets after it, you know, like, like the Ravens do. And, and Roethlisberger, he does fall into these tendencies where he stands in the pocket and he holds on to the ball. So this is, this is the kind of game that highlights the bad things. We've seen a lot of good from him. Don't get me wrong. They're playing great. They're undefeated. But Baltimore, I still think you have to, you know, you got to beat the man to be the man. And I still think the Ravens are the man. So I'm taking the Ravens. Okay. I'm not locking it up this week, but I am taking the Ravens and I am giving, yeah. I believe it's four. It is. I'm going to give the points, take the Ravens. Sorry, right. champ, I don't endorse. Yeah. You got to go for it. Okay, I'm okay. Stab you in the heart. I, I was with you last week. <laughs> I even locked. <laughs> I, I, I just respect wanna... that. I respect that. Okay, okay, uh, Dre, give it to me. What's the pick? I, I, I can't match you for uh, matching up uh, players and schemes, and who's in Tampa, and I can't do that. I can't break that down with you. I, all I want to ask you is this, Bryce: if they when the, if the Steelers go into Baltimore coming off their bye and re- getting that college uh, big game bye, like the, the teams get uh, have to schedule in a bye before their big, biggest game of the year, the Ravens happen to get one scheduled for them, so they got that advantage. If the Steelers c- overcome all of that and win that, you don't have them losing this year, right? You got you have them 19-0, and 0, right? Because where else are you going to pick them to lose? <laughs> Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, well, no, 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 no. I, I'm, I'm not going – I'm not going to say 19 and 0. We'll have to stay tuned. I mean, you're you're prone to lose one. I don't yeah. think a lot of people are going to repeat the Patriots. I just feel Titans, Henry, Saquon we've gone against, David Johnson, Miles Sanders, their running game, J.K. Dobbins, these other guys are not those guys. I feel we can bottle that run game up if we can bottle up Lamar, which we did last game when we played him. So, yeah, no, no, no. I'm not going to go that route, Dre. We'll see. <laughs> I'm just saying that. That's basically my uh, – uh, why I'm also taking the Ravens and giving the four because th- this has to be Baltimore at this spot with this with these advantages, with the uh, the fact that they had the bye week, the fact that they acquired Ngakwe during the bye week, the fact that they're at home, the fact that uh, Lamar Jackson knows that his reputation is starting to get to that point where they're whispering he can't win the big one, he can't play well in the big one, uh, and, and he, he's, I'm sure he's feeling that. I'm sure he felt that all week, and I got a feeling he's going to come out tomorrow and, and really throw down. Uh, I know that the Steelers have been holding everybody down in the run game, but nobody runs quite like Lamar Jackson, and so I think he's going to be ready, as, as ready as maybe as any game that he's played. He's going to be ready to, to show out tomorrow in this one. So I, I got to go Ravens. They, they, if, and if, if the Steelers win this one, then you can forget it because they're, they're, they're going to they, lose some somewhere along the way, but not many. They're going to go pretty much 14-2, if they win this one. Wow. You know, that's very reasonable, man. This is tough. I mean, I'm kind of the, – the, 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 yeah, this is a tough one. The, the only reason I'm going with the Steelers is Ingram's out, so it's going to have to fall on Edwards and Dobbins, which we've bought it up run games, and Lamar passing with these wideouts. It's like we're talking about Ngakwe, but they can't – the passing game, like in Pittsburgh's pass defense with these corners and Minka, like if no Minka, I'd be like, oh, but Minka, dude, it's like teams don't throw the ball deep over the middle. It's like, okay, so if it's not Lamar breaking out, Who's it coming from? Andrews, the tight ends? Okay, but 
You can only do that if the game is close. And if we get up that 10-point lead, like Jason said, it's tough. But if we do it. If it's a 10-point game at any point, I'm turning the TV off. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. No, no, no. I think, we're get, I think you're getting a little bit too crazy right there. Over. <laughs> but well, if Pittsburgh gets – I mean, here's the other way, but he didn't talk about the other side because that's a 10-point the other way too. Ravens right. get up 10 with Lamar Jackson. They're undefeated. So that's the, that's the drastic swing. So no. Pittsburgh – and they've been – and and to their credit, because they've been so good with Lamar Jackson, they've been up by 10 a lot more than they've ever been down by 10. And, right. and that's because there's, they are minus the Chiefs, you know, probably right now they're in that second group because you have the Chiefs. And then you kind of have every, you know, that second tier. And I think that second tier right now is Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Tennessee. In the AFC. Yeah, and they're just a jumble. Yeah, in the AFC. Well, the AFC's kind of – the NFC's not much <laughs> better. Um, yeah, in, 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 in the AFC. So it's just kind of a jumble there together. It's going to be a great game. I won't get to see it because I have the local games tomorrow, which are Packers, Vikings, and Bears, Saints. Oh. Well, their Saints is an interesting game. Uh, yeah. Sure, sure, they're all interesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. So, who is everyone's teams here? Dre, start with you. I think I asked, but I can't remember. Who is your team? Uh, I'm I'm a I'm a Bears guy. Uh, we're, we're both from Chicago, but Jason's not a Bears guy. But yeah, the Bears are are my guys. Yeah. And Jason, who's your team? Uh, I've I've sort of got split loyalties between the Packers and the Falcons. Oh my! Oh my gosh! Talk about contrast. <laughs> yeah. Okay. See, I like. See, I think the Bears, if they can ever figure out their quarterback situation, no, that's, 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 the, that's uh, the biggest gift uh, of all time. Isn't that the his, the history of the? the yeah, we had the we had the Jets caller. Uh, we oh. had the Jets caller a couple of weeks ago who, who we, 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 I joked with Andre because the Jets caller talked about how Mark Sanchez was the best quarterback they've had in his recent memory. And we're like, uh, he was a bum. <laughs> He's not good. And, and, and like, I, we both felt, I think we felt bad kind of like, you know, raining on this guy's parade. Like, no, you know, Sanchez was trash, right? No, he got us to two <laughs> AFC championships. No, 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 no. He was trash. Just because you get to AFC championships doesn't mean you're great. You, the guy was terrible. I mean, Chad Pennington got you guys to the playoffs for crazy. Uh, and then I was rubbing it into Andre because he's had to watch some awful quarterback play. Um, at least he doesn't have to see the statistic anymore. Every time Brett Favre would start a game and they would put up the list of all the quarterbacks who started for the Bears during Brett Favre's career. Oh, 563 yeah. of them. Yeah, so <laughs> I don't think any team has been more snake big. And although both of us, Andre the Bears fan and me, uh, from Chicago, we're both on record that Jay Cutler is the greatest quarterback in Bears history. Um, it's not even close. It, not even that close. Is, that and, is And they ran him out of town on a rail. Mm-hmm. He is Couldn't Jim McMahon. <laughs> he, he was uh, trash. Jim, McMahon. <laughs> Jim McMahon had the unique distinction of being able to turn around and give it to the greatest running back of all time. I would still and take that, Jim McMahon over, over Jay Cutler. And after handing it off, go sit down and watch Richard Dent, Steve McMichael, <laughs> Dan Hampton, Otis Wilson, Mike Singletary, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. I would rather see Jim McMahon hand off than pass the reins over to Jay Cutler. My it, it, you know, and after, I, I, I don't want Jay Cutler anywhere near my football uh, team. You know, Jay Cutler was the best quarterback with in the 80s. The Bears 
might have won five Super Bowls. Oh my God! Because <laughs> that was what Jim McMahon and, 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 and Mike Tomzak, I believe. <laughs> oh, you, you know what? Though, you know what? Though Jim, it was Harbaugh was there. But you know what? Jim you know what? Though Jason, you know why they wouldn't have? Because that team would have ran him out of there the way he. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not a Bears fan. Mm-hmm. I've never really been a Bears fan. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I'm on record on this show saying that the '85 Bears are the greatest of Super Bowl team of them all. Um, nobody, nobody holds, nobody has anything to them. Yeah, it's up there. I mean, that defense would play today. Oh yeah, and and murder yeah, but people. You want, I'd I'd love to see the '85 Bears play the 2000 Ravens or the uh, the Seahawks team. You know, the Legion of Boom team. I mean, those are those matchups that you crave. I, you know, nobody wants to see these high flying offenses. You want to see the the, the bone crushers play each other. Oh yeah, I'd be down. I'd be down to see that. I mean, that's that's the thing with the Steelers Ravens this week is now the defenses are at a place where you're going to see really good defensive football. And and I understand you guys' picks. I mean, this matchup is is, is put it like this with Ngakwe, it's a lot more even than I thought it was going to be a few weeks ago. They have two very good tackles. We've got two very good edge rushers. They've got Brandon Williams back in the middle. We've got DeCastro and Pouncey. They've got Calais Campbell now and Ngakwe. They've got their corners. Their corners are the best. I think our corners are very good. Not not as quite as good as theirs, but the gap in our secondaries has lessened because of Hayden and Nelson. We have the best safety in the matchup. Minka is all-world at, at free safety. There, there's a lot of similarities in matching. So I expect a very hotly contested game. Oh, definitely. It's, it's, it's the game of the week again. Ex- Man, almost midnight where you are. And I'm, I, and I'm, I'm pumped. I am pumped. <laughs> I'm already pumped yeah. for this game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was the, the moment he missed the field goal. I'm like, bring on the Ravens. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Because I, I really like being from Pittsburgh. We don't like these guys. I mean, you you like you dislike them so much that it has formed a certain level of respect that is very real, different from the bungles, who you just you don't respect these bums. But the but but um the Ravens, because you look at some of their players and you're like, I gotta give it up, man. I'd love for you to be on the Steelers. From the specialists to the other players, like I'd love to have, I love to have Cook and 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 and, and Tucker as my specialists. <laughs> I'd love sure. to have Calais Campbell on the defensive line. Love to have that guy. Marlon Humphrey, please trade for him in a heartbeat. And he Jimmy Smith is Marlon Humphrey doesn't seem to think too highly of Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Why do you say that? Oh, was it was it that Marlon Humphrey with the quote last year about uh, with the, but you know how they choke every time they get to the big games? <laughs> no, he didn't say that. Was that Marlon Humphrey, Dre? <laughs> I think that was think my quote was. of the year. I think yeah. I had that as quote of the year last year. Uh, when we did our... No, he didn't say that. Oh, hang on. I'll, I'm going to get the receipts. Lots of guys <laughs> say lots of things in the, the heat of a loss after right after the games. Oh, no, here it is. Uh, quote of the year. I have this, uh, to our 2019 honors and dishonors. Always the best show of the year. That's the show you should listen to. Um, <laughs> not... Not, I mean, we love that you listen to the, the weekly picks, but honors and dishonors. Best show of the year. Uh, yeah, Ravens defensive back Marlon Humphrey, and I quote, uh, this team's identity right now is to get to the playoffs and choke. 
end quote. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I don't think that's a shot at the coach. I don't think that's a shot at the defense. <laughs> I think that was a shot right across the bow of number eight uh, right there because that was two years in a row that they put that effort forth, and I'd say effort with air quotes, um, yeah. in the playoffs. So, yeah, well, that was Marlon Humphrey. Yeah, yeah. well, Jason, they can't say – I mean, Marlon can say that, and that's fine, but to me, that's a team quote because that defense choked like dogs against Tennessee. They were awful. That was one of the worst – I mean, again, Steelers-Ravens play similar. To watch them, I've never seen them Ravens, even from us, get punched in the face the way they did and did not respond defensively last year. Like that scene, I will never forget the scene of Earl Thomas, who's a physical like guy. You're like, okay, this dude yeah. get double stiff armed and turned around by Derrick Henry. <laughs> that was one of the best. That was the best one since uh, Beast Mode in in the playoffs. Oh, so disrespectful. When he when he uh, pushed, so was that Tracy Porter who he actually pushed it, like through time. Yes, and, and literally into next week. Like a week later, he appeared on the field at the link. He's like, what? Where am I? What happened? What? What? Who did that? Wait a minute. Yeah. So their oh, defense choked, and and yeah, like yeah. So their defense choked. I mean, look. Oh, and also to Steelers Ravens. I'm just also thinking, even though last year is last year, I just remember playing Lamar in Pittsburgh last year without Ben, and how. If we, you know, a lot of self-inflicted wounds caused us to lose that game, the defense bottled this guy up. Two picks, five sacks. He looked looked disoriented. And I feel their offense was better last year. And our defense had him disoriented. Now, can we replicate? I don't know. But I think we've got the best shot out of anyone. Yeah, I I think you do. But I'm really going on. I think Lamar knows all of this, too. And he's been living these moments in his head for the last couple of weeks and he has a week off and that I, that's pretty much what I'm going on is I think he's going to go out there and, and, and light a torch and, and uh, let everybody know where he stands. Cause everyone's talking about Mahomes and everybody else. And I think Lamar's like, okay, you, you guys forgot about me a little bit. This is his chance to go out and show that he's right up there with everybody else. Are you saying 300 yards, two touchdowns? Well, definitely not 300 yards, yards in the air. Passing? Right. Yeah, passing. Uh, no, no, definitely not that. No, I could see the two. Tw- he doesn't need 300 yards in the air. He, he needs, you know, he could throw for 230 and run for another 80. And you know, the Ra- the Ravens are one of those teams that are very weird. Where they're so good, it, it, you look up at the stats at the end of the game, and sometimes they don't blow you away, and they've won by 30. Yeah, that's exactly what very I'm complete. They play complementary football. Yeah, yeah. Right. They, 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 I don't want to compare them because this is not meant to be a, a bad comparison. Um, I'm going to compare them to the year that the Jaguars went to the AFC Championship game. Right. The Jaguars won a lot of games like that too, um, where you would you would look at the stats, it, it'd be like oh, they 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 gained, they they gained about as much as their opponent. Time of they were just like nothing here is really standing out to me. Like why? Oh, then you look at the score and it was you know forty four to nine. <laughs> it was like uh, what? <laughs> you, uh, yeah, I would know no. considering that we played them twice. Oh okay. <laughs> so yeah, thanks yeah. for reminding me of that. Yeah, that, even that, though that, I do, that, I think I do take credit for actually in the playoff loss for us being the start of the fall of the Jaguar defense. Yeah. 
because Ben Roethlisberger lit that defense up in that playoff game, and I think they put that on film, and teams started to replicate it. We're going to take all wideouts. We're going to run four verts. We're going to go down the field. We're going to throw it up. We're going to see if we can get plays. Yeah, and that team, and that Jaguars team was still up ten late in the fourth quarter. And decided to turtle completely. And, uh. Yeah, yeah. So <sighs> yeah, we're gonna see. So I will say this: you said two thirty, two fifty, eighty. Lamar's either getting eighty to hundred on the ground or two fifty to three hundred. He ain't gonna get both. Oh, he's gonna get one. Okay, I'm all, I accept both. that. A challenge accepted. <laughs> now, I told you about Derrick Henry. I said all that 200, 150, 200 yards rushing, that ain't happening. So, one <laughs> may get one, but he's not going to get the other. Yeah, we know it's Lamar, this is Lamar Jackson, though. He might get 80 throwing and, and 220 running. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, okay, so maybe. But no, no one, no. they ain't going to be in the air. I mean, I know we're kind of joking. Ain't going to be no 200 yards rushing. Someone's getting put no, out no, the no, game. That's he's going to get a helmet to helmet to the chest or something. No. Yeah, but I always I've always worried about the fragility of Lamar Jackson, but uh, I have. Yeah, I mean you need to hit him. Helmets to chest. You, you got to hit this guy. He got to pay for running the ball. So oh, we, we, I can do it. I'd love to see Robert Spillane light this dude up. Oh, <laughs> that would be great. We we knew we would get your uh, comments on a, yet again the Steelers in the game of the week and and. Bryce has spoken once again. He's got the Steelers. I don't again. I don't know when you're picking the Steelers to lose if you're not going to pick them this week. So we're, we're going to say 16 and 0 until proven otherwise. Uh, but we'll see how <laughs> I, no, Dre, you're saying 16 and 0. I am not. <laughs> you can't. Put when me when are you going to pick? <laughs> well, they had to, they got to play the Ravens again. Yeah, you still got to play the Browns. You still got to play the Colts. Still got to play the Bills. I mean, let's see. I think the Cowboys. Here. Come on, man. Um, I'd pay money to hear you call okay, in and we'll, pick, we'll the, save that and pick the Cleveland week. Browns over the Steelers. <laughs> I, I was Dre, you're right about the Browns the because that's the last <laughs> game of the season, and you never know yeah. who could be out of it. What could, it could not matter. Yeah. Like seeding could already be figured out, and you have nothing to play for. You never know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man! Well, you know what? That turned that we we got a nice. Uh, it's the best game on the schedule this week, so we we got a highlight game out of it. Absolutely, and, and, and well, it, it deserves to be. It's going to be the game everybody's watching, unless you can't get it in your area, of course. Oh, I can't. Thanks. Well, if you got Sunday tickets, right. maybe it's time to get that free trial. I don't have that or red zone. Uh, dying. All right, Bryce, we will see how it turns out. Uh, thanks for calling in, and enjoy the game tomorrow. Always enjoy it, fellas. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, and let's talk next week. All right, thanks a lot. Talk to you later. I don't think we're going to get the in-depth breakdown of the Cowboys the same way as we did to the Ravens. Not quite. Uh, I don't think he's going to break down the, the, the technique that the Cowboys are using and the, the offensive line depth and all of that. No, I don't think we're going to get quite hey, into that. I'm going to give the Cowboys some credit. They did not get down 21 to nothing. They did get down 22 to three though. Does that, is that the same? When your defense does that? Well, here's my problem with it. When your D is called out yeah. for being badly coached, when you got the anonymous sources in the locker room letting the world know, hey, these guys don't know what the fuck they're doing with us. They don't know how to teach us. They don't know how to coach us. They don't make adjustments. I just knew <laughs> that the Cowboys defense would come out 
and no. show something. No. Something. Uh, they they did the same shit. The same shit they've been doing all year where guys yeah. are running past them and the DB is looking back going, <laughs> was I supposed to cover him? I, who's supposed to cover him? Was I, it, it wasn't supposed to be me. I know that. To, to it was Kyle unbelievable. To they Kyle made those Allen. Washington potato skins look yeah. like all-stars. Yeah. I ain't never seen a more disgraceful man. I wanted, I was like screaming A. Smith watching that one. I'm like, you guys have got to be kidding me. This is the most disgraceful effort I've ever seen. I've never seen it. How can you be? Oh. That, well, that, I'm going to ask that, you a question here because we're now going into week eight, right? I, I know, and this is a team that's in the thick, quote-unquote thick, of a division race. Uh, I refuse to call that a race. Mail it in, team? Are the Cowboys mailing it in? I don't. I can't. Well, that was this disgraceful. Was, I believe you used the right word. <laughs> you, you said it like screaming right. a, but you used the right word. Disgraceful. You, they're getting down three touchdowns to everybody. <laughs> who you're playing? You, to, to the worst get teams down, in the league. Would this team get down three touchdowns to the Jets? This team looks like it would get down three touchdowns to Alabama. This yeah. is unbelievable. And uh, so how, I don't. How is, I mean, Mike McCarthy's one and done, right? We've done. No, because his owner is a fucking moron and oh. is going to sit there and, and never – he's not going to admit that that was a, a one-year mistake. Yeah. What they so should Jeff, do is fire Mike McCarthy and and replace him with Dan Quinn. <laughs> Why not? You'll never, you, you won't get down 21 points. You'll just blow the 21-point lead. <laughs> you, you, you won't be able to hold anybody defensively uh, yeah. either way. So. Yeah. They should let Dan um, Quinn coach the first half and let Mike McCarthy coach the second half. All right, you're, you're done. Come on, come on in. That was a good first half. That's good. Now come sit down. All right, first Mike, go out there. Go get him. Hey, if the Tampa Bay Rays can can just throw a guy for an inning and, and that's successful, yeah, why don't we just get a coach for the first half and then have another coach for the second half? No, but you don't want Mike McCarthy for your second half because no, you've been screaming on this show for yeah, eight years. They don't know no how to make adjustments. adjustments. Yeah. And the Cowboys but agree if you're with you. Starting in the second half, you don't have to make an adjustment. You just come out with a different script. Ah, well, see that you script could the do first, first few plays of the second half. <laughs> he could come out with a different script now and ignore That's, the first yeah. half if he wanted to. I'm, I've got Dallas firmly on the FedEx mail it in radar, um, and now we've got I, Ben the, the Coochie. What's his name? <laughs> ben the Coochie. <laughs> Uh, Leonardo DiNucci is is the quarterback of the Cowboys now. Um, the, the what I hesitate about calling them a mailing it in team is that it's almost like they never got started to begin with. Is that the way they're doing it? Is that they they really do look like they're not being taught and they're not being coached. So I don't know if that's effort. I don't think that's effort. I think that re- they really do look like they don't know where the fuck they're supposed to be from play to play. They, and I, I mean, it let's, blows let's... my mind that they do that. After calling themselves out for doing that, it's unreal. Who who who's who who's who's got the last laugh out of all of this, right? I think we know. Talking about the clapper, Jason Garrett. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all right, guys, I let's mean, go. All right, good job. All right, a, he has got. I mean, he's on a terrible team of his own. Yeah. He's got his own problems to deal with. But you're telling me he's not watching this? Like, yeah, yeah. They thought it was me. Yeah. <laughs> 
if that was his style, he would definitely be uh, be laughing about it. But no, that's, that's not his style. But you're right. He's definitely coming out of it looking better than everybody else involved. Jerry looks like I a mean, moron. McCarthy yeah. looks like a moron. Mike Nolan looks like a moron. Everybody. Yeah. That was one of the ones I got on you. Um, yeah. yeah. No doubt about it. And, and me locking up Houston, we talked about it a little bit already, but just that was predicated on at least some pressure on Aaron Rodgers. They got no pressure on Aaron Rodgers. They had zero sacks on Aaron Rodgers. Zero. J.J. Watt, no. That's a banged up. That was a banged up Packers offensive line. And J.J. Yeah, they just they didn't even get close. He he lit them up. And Jamal Williams, uh, who I had talked up in the pick, um, yep. did admirably. They didn't get a huge drop off from Aaron Jones uh, going to Jamal Williams. And Devontae Adams caught all seven third yeah. down conversions. He was just unguardable. They had no answer for him at all. So that was a, an easy one on your side and, and an embarrassment on my side, considering I yeah. locked up Houston. And, we didn't, by 15. and, and that, and thank God, I mean, we could have had a lock off, but we didn't. Um, I locked up Pittsburgh. I felt very strongly about Pittsburgh and at 27 to seven, I felt great about it, but yeah, no, yeah. we agreed. We disagreed on that one. Um, so yeah, you gave me a couple of gimmies early and then you got me back late. Um, I got Kansas city uh, in the snow <laughs> yeah. blew the doors off of the Broncos. Otherwise I was going to, I had an ugly afternoon if it wasn't for Kansas city. Yeah. So, that yeah, chiefs you, you, uh, Broncos. Yeah, that's what you were bringing up uh, ugly wins and, and, uh, you look at the stats and it doesn't match what happened on the field. Denver uh, out yarded the chiefs yeah. by a, a significant amount, 411 to 286. But of course, uh, Denver just kept finding ways to make mistakes in the snow and the chiefs did not. And some of the errors were just comical that the Broncos are making. Um, yeah. You outgained the chiefs by over a hundred yards. You lost by 27. Um, chiefs ran the ball. I mean, and the chiefs again have, you know they they they've become a little more malleable, um, and yeah, you you put up forty three against a team, you beat them by four touchdowns almost against the team that that outgained you by hundred and thirty yards. And they ran the ball. They get a pick six from Daniel Sorensen. They get a kickoff yeah. return TD from uh, Byron That's Pringle. What good teams they just, do. Yeah, just find ways. Just find a way to get it done. So all all praise to the we should talk very briefly about a game we both lost that we should not have, uh, the game losing touchdown. <laughs> um, you know, Todd Gurley. and that he got slammed so hard for going in and scoring. And now the tape comes out as a Bruder tape comes out in the middle of the week of the, uh, of Matt Ryan explicitly telling the guys in the huddle, Hey, whatever you do, don't score a touchdown. Don't do it. Don't score. Yeah. And Todd Gurley just kind of. Mm, he got I'm hit and kind of carried this, for a few uh, yards. And then by the time he realized it, like, oh, he shit. tried to. Yeah, it, and that ball broke the plane. But my question is: is you're in control. You're about to win. Why is that just not the dive to the center of the field to to get your kicker on the side that he wants to be? Why is that even getting through the hole? You knew. I'm standing there watching. We have red zone on. I was at work last week, and I'm watching that, and. I looked at my coworker and I'm like, "Oh yeah, they're gonna Detroit's totally gonna, totally gonna pull a Holmgren here because that's very very famous around these parts with Mike Holmgren allowing the Broncos to score um, yep. at the end of that Super Bowl so that they could just get the ball back, you know, because otherwise Denver was just gonna 
pound it and pound it and pound it. So they, you know, I just knew you just know that the team is standing there going, yeah, we got to let these guys score. Otherwise they're going to kick a chip shot field goal. And then this thing's over. Um, you're saying Matt Ryan should just snap it, get to the middle of the field, it, take a knee. Yeah. No problem with that. Yeah. No, no yeah. problem with that. Yes. <laughs> they were all <laughs> Why, yes, the I am. And yard line. Yes. Just, yeah, okay, ask ask who, where do you want the ball? Do you want it on the left hash or the right hash or in the center? And, yep, I'm just going to go, you know, take the snack and go dive to the – you see guys do this all the time to, to center the mm-hmm. ball for their kicker. That's all they needed. They could have done that twice. I, I don't have a dead to right. problem with that. So, uh, Gurley got destroyed for, for scoring. Uh, you know what and I'm going to say in response to yes, all of that. You should destroy Atlanta's defense for giving up. You're allowed no to stop outs. someone. You just, Hello? Uh, don't. No, totally agree with you, but you shouldn't even been in that position. They, that defense should not have been on the field to blow that um, at all. Well, that, yeah, that's kind of that sort of polished me off the, uh, the, the sort of triple play that made my Sunday just completely miserable. It started with uh, you said that Buffalo is going to beat the Jets by less than 11 and make my head explode, and that's exactly what happened. Um, I took the Jets, and you just crapped all over me for taking those points, and Buffalo couldn't get the ball in the end zone. It went so perfect. The spread. It went Coming so in. to script. Yeah. They, they showed yeah. up. They knew they were going to win, and, man, did Buffalo lollygag their way up and down the field. No want to find the end zone ones? Once, please? Huh? Just once? No? And they win. No. Six field goals to win by eight. Thanks, guys. It should have been 38 to 10. Appreciate it. Thanks. Uh, And then moving on to that, oh, those Cleveland Browns, which wasn't a loss. It was a push for us. It was just so Browns. they They just love letting Joe Burrow hang around, don't they? That's and also it's so it's such a Cleveland Browns move for Baker to win the game with a great throw to whoever Donovan Peoples Jones is, and then they blow the extra point yeah, by they the extra point by. Do you know who their kicker was who did that? Oh God, was it Parky? Cody Parky, your boy. <sighs> did he double doink it? No, he just blew it. He didn't bother with the goal post this time. He just missed. But yeah, that costs us. That costs me an eight five and one, and that costs yeah. you a seven six and one. <sighs> Actually, no, so, that, so Browns. Just, that wasn't even the. It would just take the, the tie off. Yeah. So it would have made me five hundred for the week and, and made yeah. you uh, eight and six. Eight and six sounds really nice. Uh, the Around the NFL podcast pointed out that that game had five different go-ahead touchdowns in the fourth quarters. They just kept yeah, going back insane. and forth because, like you said, the Browns don't feel like ever stopping Joe Burrow, apparently. Yeah. So. <sighs> so that was a crazy one. And then that uh, Atlanta D polished, just polished me off. Like, I, I, I was ready to throw the remote control at that point. <laughs> that was a tough beat. That's, you're talking about bad beats. That's a bad Yes, beat. that was a really bad beat. Um, at least you were with me on that one. We, yeah, we were, and we were, I, we were both on Atlanta on Thursday night, and yeah. this time they came through, and that's the difference of 
that defense, you know, we talk about these fast defenses because I watched that game. I watched the whole thing, you know, other than the little bit of I had to drive home in the middle, and that was mostly through halftime. So I watched almost all of that game. And you can see the shift in, like, the philosophy of that defense. Like, because Dan Quinn tried to mold this defense after that Seattle defense of just being, like, really fast. But we talk about how they just they wear out, right? Yeah, but and, if you don't uh, get to the quarterback uh, and get off the field, then, yeah, you're right. going to get worn down. But you never really saw that team blitz with Dan Quinn. It was more of just chasing people down because Seattle never blitzed. You right. very rarely saw the, the, the Legion of – uh, boom team blitz to get pressure. They just, they covered you up and everything was airtight on the back end. Uh, Raheem Morris, or whoever's running that defense has figured out that we, we don't have those guys, but we have a lot of speed and they just bull rushed the hole over and over and over. And that's not going to work against a mobile quarterback, but against Teddy Bridgewater, it looked great. <laughs> and uh, Atlanta, so their scheme, I noticed was a lot different. I also noticed that Julio Jones is basically in his older years starting to turn into more of like a glorified tight end. Hey, he's not somebody. He, which is great. <laughs> He'd be the greatest tight end of ever, of all time yeah, if he just decided he wanted to be a tight to end. Him. But Matt Ryan and, and Julio Jones just owned the middle of the field. Nothing was going outside. Yeah, Julio Jones, I'm bigger than your I'm bigger than your DBs. I'm bigger than your linebackers. Yeah, and he, just, he was just muscling dudes around, and it worked for them. And, and I'm going to run to this that, spot and turn around, yeah. and you're not going to do a damn thing about it. And other than a mental gaffe, that team should be 3-0 and since they fired Dan Quinn, right? Uh, yeah. Well, mental and physical. You're allowed to stop Matthew Stafford That's true. at any point. Well, but the allowed. defense is bad. The defense made bad plays. They, 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 let, they let the – uh, the Panthers convert a really long uh, third down, I believe it was, in that game where they were backed way up after a sack, and the DB just makes you know the brain fart and lets them convert. Um, so yeah, they're young and fast and and not very bright, but there's talent there, and uh, they ended up finally making the big play because they get pressure on Teddy Bridgewater and he throws it up into triple coverage and. Uh, Bleedy Ray Wilson, there's a name of the yeah. year candidate, uh, comes down with the pick. They finally made the play finally to win a game that they couldn't make the week before. So if you just, you, you know what, just get after these dudes and you know, their defense has been playing better. It's hard to play much worse, but yes, they have it been is. better. So, no, Bleedy Ray Wilson won name of the year a few years ago because it's like a. Oh, okay. A, like a Dave Chappelle skit, Bleedy Ray Wilson. Oh, yeah, no, that's uh, is that, isn't that the the East West All Stars? That's one of those types of names <laughs> from Appalachian State University. <laughs> Bleedy Ray Wilson. <laughs> Bleedy Ray Wilson. <laughs> uh, well, so we... and uh, the sunning that we expected to happen did not happen on Sunday night. No, that was crazy. That game was just – there's yeah. not even enough time to talk about all the stuff that went down in that one, uh, that Arizona winds up in overtime getting the victory yeah. over Russell uh, Wilson Seattle. throws three, three picks. ZK, yeah. Metcalf, ZK Metcalf became an instant internet meme. <laughs> just preternatural. Just unbelievable Man. running down that, that DB. Oh, my God. They ran uh, Buda Baker. And, and he, Buda had him by 20 yards. Right. When, when, had a yeah. head start. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's an all that the like highlights reels at the end of the year. Who's, who's the guy that does it at the ballpark where he oh, runs around the track? Yeah. 
Even a 30-yard head these, start. And, and all these guys, they, they think they're going to beat him. Yeah. And then in the last two seconds, like you're about to go Near, through this. Right on by. Yeah, that was DK Metcalf on that play. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Only yeah, would have been better uh, if you would have caused him a fumble. Out of the back of the end zone, your favorite play. Oh. <laughs> and Seattle gets the ball back. Right. Yeah, you, I know you love that rule. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we have a limited amount of time to make these last picks for week eight. Uh, so yeah. we did the Pittsburgh-Baltimore uh, pick, so we don't yes. have to worry about that. And we're both going with the Ravens minus four. Yeah. Um, uh, any Any final words, though, about your Bears? Oh, um, they're they're trash. Uh, the the Ram you, you saw on Monday night a, a Rams team that has a forward thinking, winning culture and coaching staff, and Chicago does not. Uh, ah, so yeah, okay. I'm done. I'm, I'm done with Matt Nagy. Uh, they they don't have to fire him this you know this year or right now or anything like that. But this is last season. He's he's finished. He's toast. That they 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 don't even look like a pro team out there. It's like what are what are they doing? It's just. No, they're 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 finished. They're they're that's that was the worst five and one team ever. That was the worst four and one team ever. All the all the way down the line, I told you that was the worst ever. And and they just backed it up. And actually, the point spread for their game this week will also uh, let you know what everyone thinks of of, of how legit they are, despite their five and two record. <laughs> so we'll we'll get to that shortly. <laughs> they're five and two. They have a better record than the team they're about to play. And they're at home. And they're home. And they're home dogs, I believe. Yes, they are. We'll get to that and and the rest of the games left for week eight in a couple minutes. You are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Not on the radio, but only here on the website, blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. To be notified when we're live, you can follow the show on the Blog Talk Radio website, or you can follow my Twitter feed at IMLDDre when I tweet out when we're live before every show. Jason is on Twitter, too. His feed is at IMLDJTG. Our show is available as a podcast where you get the live show and a special VIP after show. To listen to the show as a podcast about an hour or so after the live show is over, come back to the show page and look through our archives or subscribe on iTunes or any number of different podcasting apps, including Player.fm, Mixcloud, Blueberry, and the TuneIn Radio app. You'll get the whole show, the live show and the after show, downloaded straight to you. You can always send us a question or comment or shout out via email to the following email address, inmuchlessdetail at gmail.com. You can follow all of our picks on our blog. The website for the blog is inmuchlessdetail.blogspot.com. Our Thursday night picks will be available Thursday afternoon on our Twitter feeds. Again, that's at IMLDDre and at IMLDJTG. This copyrighted broadcast is a production of Jay and Me and is solely performed for our entertainment as well as for any poor soul who happens to be listening. It is intended to be a football pick show for the private non-commercial use of our audience. Any publication, reproduction, retransmission, or any other use of the descriptions and accounts of this podcast without the expressed written consent of Jay or me is strictly prohibited. Twelve more games for week eight tomorrow. One more on Monday night. We picked one of the games tomorrow already, so that's 11 picks for tomorrow. 
and one for Monday. Let's get right to it on this All Hallows Eve. Starting with the Indianapolis Colts visiting the Detroit Lions. The Colts at 4-2 and two coming off of their bye and very happy, I'm sure, to be getting their uh, all-world linebacker Darius Leonard back from injury. And the Lions 3-3 three and three coming off that uh, very improbable, maybe not deserved victory over the Falcons. But you know what? I'd say not deserved. I should take that back. The Falcons are trash defensively, and Todd Gurley shouldn't have scored a touchdown. That's all true. But Matthew Stafford had a, a hell of a drive with no timeouts, made all the throws, uh, showed everybody why he's one of the underrated quarterbacks uh, of his time. Uh, in any event, he'll play another one of the quarterbacks that sort of gets overshadowed by the big superstars, Phillip Rivers, and the 4-2 and two Colts come in. They are three-point favorites on the road at the 3-3 three and three Lions. Yeah, call me crazy. I'm taking the Lions here. Uh, straight up, of course. Uh, take all the points. I'm going to take the Lions to just to win the game uh, outright. I think that the – nothing to do with last week's effort <laughs> against Atlanta. Um, but Detroit, they're good for these every once in a while where they they, they show up in, in a weird spot against a team they have no business competing with. They had that game against the Chiefs uh, that they hung in and got to cover all the way to the end. Uh, last season, I believe that seems so long ago, but that was last season, and uh, it's so crazy. Twenty twenty has been that that feels like it happened a decade ago. Um, I haven't been impressed with the Colts. They don't run the ball. They, they, Jonathan Taylor's doing okay, but they're not compiling many yards on the ground. They're just getting kind of like what they need, which they should be getting more of with that offensive line. Philip Rivers hasn't been very good. Um, I don't know if the bye week does anything to cure those problems. So I'm going to, I'm going to take the lions in this game to spring the upset. I don't think you're crazy for picking the lions at all. I was not at all sure how I was going to go on this one. When I uh, looked into the game, uh, I'm cause I'm still disappointed in the Colts defensively uh, that effort against the, the Bengals a couple weeks ago before the bye. I'm, I'm still sort of sore about that. Like how did, that was my lock of the week, of course, of, you know, one of my losses. Yeah. Like, how do you give up 21 in the first half to to a rookie quarterback? Um, they came back to win the game but not cover. Um, so Detroit can can get them, too. If, if uh, they can't stop Joe Burrow, then certainly uh, Matthew Stafford has a chance. I'm going to go with the Colts and give the three anyway. I think uh, this is a defense that they can establish the run, get back to running the way they're supposed to. I think the Lions will allow them to do that with your favorite coach, uh, Asad, with the pencil uh, behind us here, ass clown. Sorry, keep getting that wrong. Um, yeah, I think the Lions will allow the, the Colts to come off their bye and, and come out hot and, and do what they need to do to sort of reestablish themselves. So that feels like uh, similar to the Ravens pick. It feels like, you know, come come off the bye and sort of get into what you're good at and, and reestablish and sort of reground yourself and, and figure out who you are and your identity as a team. So I think there's a good chance for the Colts to do that. So I will take Indianapolis. Onto the Titans and the Bengals, uh, two teams definitely with different records, but you can be impressed by Joe Burrow and the Bengals uh, always hanging around. Very tough to put them down despite their record. And, of course, the Titans, that first loss last week against uh, the, the Steelers, but they had a chance. They, they had the, the game-winning drive after everything uh, that the Steelers were doing to them, they came back. So Tennessee at 5-1 and one on the road. Seven point favorites. They give a touchdown at the one five and one Cincinnati Bengals. It's not so much that the Bengals and Joe Burrow have had an ability to hang around 
is why as to why I'm taking the points here and taking the Bengals. It's that Tennessee this year, their team identity is to just let teams hang around and hang around. Houston, they, you know, Pittsburgh got up on them huge. That Jaguars game, Tennessee did not the same team identity uh, with the Titans like they had last year, where they you know ran the ball to win and then they shut you down on defense. I think they let the Bengals hang around like they've let everybody hang around this year, and they're terrible in the secondary. And we know that the only thing the Bengals can do is throw the football. <laughs> and no Joe Mixon means they have to throw the football more. Uh, so, yeah, I'll, I'll take the Bengals, probably playing in, right into another push with the Bengals this week. <laughs> Smells pushy. It does. Uh, a few factors that made me look at this one differently. Uh, there's going to be a lot of weird weather conditions going around uh, this week uh, well, around the country. I'm going to get to that yeah. one later. Uh, this one looks like it's going to be extremely windy. They're talking like 25-mile-an-hour gusts and stuff. And that makes me think, A, the Titans know that they can rely on their bread and butter and just run it. They don't have to throw it all around. But this really puts a, a hammer lock on what the Bengals can do, uh, expecting Joe Burrow to, to hang around with big, gusty winds. Uh, I, I don't think that's the way to go, and they can't really rely on the run. As you said, Joe Mixon not going to play. And they have three offensive linemen that are all going to miss the game, all starters. And that seems to bode really badly uh, for the Bengals. This just this feels like a good bounce-back game, good good food for the Titans to eat on to get the, the winning taste back in their mouth. Uh, and I know Burrow can keep Cincinnati in any game, but like I said, the, the conditions make me think that it's not going to go well for him trying to throw it around on Tennessee. So I will take Tennessee and give this up. I think they're going to grind that one out. Uh, on to the Ra- Raiders and the Cleveland Browns. The Las Vegas Raiders at 3-3 three and three is still so weird to see that LV sitting up there. This is a, a, a rainy, windy game possibly uh, according to the uh, forecast uh, the Raiders are underdogs two and a half point dogs at Baker Mayfield and the uh, Odell less five and two Cleveland Browns yeah even more wind in this matchup they're talking that you could have 25 30 mile an hour winds in this game and this is coming in off the lake um this could be really ugly um as far as the conditions go there's also a chance of rain in this game. I don't think that bodes well for the Raiders. I'm actually going to take the the Browns here. Um, one of the best rushing teams in football. I think the wind and, and, and like you said with Tennessee, I think with more of an extreme uh, tendency, this won't probably, this will not be the windiest matchup tomorrow. Um, might be the second windiest matchup tomorrow. Uh, there's another game that's going to be even worse uh, than this one with the wind. And uh, the, when you start to the, you start to get into November, the conditions start to matter, you know. And this isn't going to be where every game is going to be 41-38. Um, yeah, I don't like I don't like the West Coast team heading into the awful weather conditions, having to play in the cold and the wind and possibly the rain uh, against the Cleveland team, whose identity clearly is to run first and to set up the throw. So I'm going to take the Brownies here. We are well on our way to disagreeing on eight again this week, if not more. Uh-oh. Um, because I like Vegas to stop Miles Garrett from coming to eat Derek Carr and just abuse him. Um, I had to go to the stat for that one, though. Uh, 18%, uh, 18.6% pressure rate allowed by Las Vegas this year on Derek Carr. That's the eighth best in the league. And I think that's the key to victory for Las Vegas is they can 
peel open the Browns deep if the windy conditions allow for it. I, I kind of trust Derek Carr to uh, play in, uh, in those conditions better than I would Joe Burrow, for instance. Um, and I think they can take advantage of the Browns uh, going deep. There's no OBJ to counter uh, Vegas going deep with, with Henry Ruggs. And I think that hurts a lot. I, I, I saw a lot of people trying to paint it as a positive almost that Odell Beckham won't be around to badger Baker Mayfield or to tell him, hey, I was open on that player or to make him feel like he has to force to feed him and get him involved. And I don't watch all the Browns games at all, but from what I've been watching since they acquired Odell Beckham last year, they don't force feed the damn ball to him enough. Like, they need to be force-feeding Odell Beckham the football because he's kind of good at football. He's like your best receiver, and you acquire somebody like that because you want to use his talents and, and get him the ball as much as you can. I don't think Baker got him the ball enough. So to say that it's a positive that he won't be around, uh, that he can spread it out to other people now without any pressure, I don't think Baker Mayfield's good enough to spread it around to other people. So um, I'm going to take uh, Vegas and, and take the two-and-a-half points. Ah, it's interesting because up until the point I believe the stat had been that Baker Mayfield without OBJ has been dramatically better quarterback with. Yeah, that's that, that seems to be what the stats say, but that sample size isn't exactly humongous, so I don't I, I don't put quite as much. Uh, I, I I look I'm looking at the games that Odell is there and. Yeah. I'm like, why is he not trying to get him the football? Why why is he yeah. looking over everybody but him? It, it feels like he was trying to avoid him on purpose, like he's trying to prove that he can use him as a decoy or prove they doesn't need him or something like that. And I just didn't like that. I don't I don't think Baker knows how to use a number one receiver the way he's supposed to be. No, that's he needs to be I, used like Diggs and Hopkins and Julio. That's how he needs to be used. Yes, yeah, just keep getting it to him until they can stop it. On to the uh the Ooh, the, the the game of the week is, as far as the the Halloween theme, <laughs> the Jets and the Chiefs. Before you even call for the music, I'm gonna cue it up for you. The New York Jets are 0 and 7, straight up. They are 0 and 7. Uh, they're 1 and 6 now against the spread because yes. of your wonderful, wonderful pick of them last week against Buffalo. <sighs> and yeah. and I had the Cowboys go into 0-7 against the spread. And, and I was and right. Indeed they did. The Jets are now better betting, darling, than the Cowboys. <laughs> You've made more money betting the Jets than the Cowboys this year. <laughs> but you lost a lot if you bet them both. That's for damn sure. If you're betting the Jets or the Cowboys, you have lost your share. You have no money left to, to win money betting the, the Jets last week. Uh, they are 0-7 straight up. The oh, Chiefs man. are 6-1 straight up. Uh, they're at home. The world champion Chiefs, the awful New York Jets. What do you think of this spread before you even make the pick? Uh, because I thought, I think if New York doesn't cover against Buffalo, if the Bills blow the doors off of the Jets like they were supposed to, and the Jets come in 0-7, straight up 0-7 against the spread, here's the Chiefs, they're the champs, they're 6-1, they're... they're beating people not even trying hard. I think that would have been over three touchdowns if the, the Bills it, would have handled the yeah. Jets. I think it would have you been know, 24, 25. I think we're at – are we at 20? Is that where we're at? I got 19 and a half. Okay, so it's even moved. So it opened at 21 and a half. It's moved to 19 and a half. There's been money on the Jets? And, and I only have one question, and it's a <laughs> one-word question. Why? Has, why? <laughs> 
21 and a half, you're like, ugh, that's three touchdowns right. and a hook. At 19 and a half, I'm like, well, the Chiefs are clearly three touchdowns better than the Jets. This feels like they're giving me a gift. Uh, yes, Chiefs. 19 and a half is value? Yeah, it's not enough. <laughs> I, I concur. I, I don't yeah. know. And I don't think it's particular, I don't think it's going to be that far off of that. But I still I think it's going to be thirty four seven, something like that. Yeah, all I'll say you know, is twenty eight to six. <laughs> you know, it well it should be uh, you know forty something to, to whatever. It uh, should be, seven, but you know you know how 10. it gets with these bad teams though. You get up you get up thirty five, and then eh, okay, let's. Take Mahomes out. He's a half billion dollar quarterback. You know. I was just about to bring up all of that as a possible reason to throw money on the Jets, which I still don't know why anyone would do that. But yeah, garbage, if, time. Uh, garbage time, and also the Chiefs specifically, uh, as we've seen, they don't seem to really be up game planning dynamically like they did against the Baltimore Ravens. They don't seem to have uh, all the razzle dazzle and, and Andy Reid geometry plays. Yeah. Uh, baked in when they're not playing the Ravens, and it, if they're not really trying for all these other teams, then we know damn well they're really not going to care yeah. uh, in this one. They may uh, run forty times and throw like fifteen because <laughs> it's the Jets because they know they don't they don't have to do anything. So well, it's there's, there's that, that possibility. Agree. It's good to know that we can agree on the Ravens and twenty point lines. Yes, against the Jets. It's also good to know you're not picking the Jets with the points because apparently that's the kiss of oh, death for me. That yeah, you probably would have not been you you were probably sitting there half expecting me to take the Jets. No 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 no. See, I know when to jump on something and jump right back off. Ah, yeah no, I, I had the that's razor blade sitting here uh, right right on my wrists. <laughs> that's just waiting my move. For you. That's my move. No, the Chiefs are not going to kick six field goals against the Jets. They might, but it's going to be with three more touchdowns. On right. in, adi- uh, in addition to four touchdowns, yes. Yes. You, you, you stole my line on that one. Uh, on to Tua time. Time for some Tua. Uh, the L.A. Rams visiting the Miami Dolphins, and fuck you, Ryan Fitzpatrick. I don't care how good you've been doing. Go Man. sit down. It, it's time we for Tua. about this, we covered this on the last show. The LA Rams at five and two on the road, three and a hook, three and a half point favorites at Tua and the three and three Miami Dolphins. I'm just curious what the dynamic is here on this one. Is this, does the locker room have Tua's back on this move? Because I have the feeling that Ryan Fitzpatrick has always been pretty well liked wherever he's gone. Um, he seems like a good teammate, you know. You never really, you know, they were winning and they're three and three. They're so far, they're in the thick of the playoff hunt. And you decide that you're going to start Tua uh, against Aaron Donald and the Rams. <laughs> like, this is this is what, what we got. We got time to prepare. We got the body. This is a different animal. This Rams defense is going to get after Tua. Welcome to the NFL, kid. No preseason. Your first. Really, and last week going two for two in garbage time does not count. This is real life game action. Welcome to the NFL. This ain't Alabama playing against some, you know, you know, Appalachian state, like you said, or, or <laughs> middle Middle Tennessee state. This is this is the Rams. They were in the Super Bowl a couple of seasons ago with a world class defense and uh, Aaron Donald and that defense. They're still going to come. They're going to be coming for you and. 
and and well, I almost thought about locking this up. I hate the move. I hated the move off of Fitzpatrick, and you don't do it in this spot. You, you just don't do it. What are you doing, Rams? Well, you're wondering who's for it in the locker room and who's against it. Yeah, you got to think any veteran, any guy that's been around and only yeah. has so many years left in the league has got to be looking at it and going, um, we're, we're contending. We're, we're 500. We're, there's a, an extra wild card team this year. Yeah. So there's even more of a chance to, to steal a playoff spot. And what, what are we doing again? Why, why are we here? Are we not trying to, to win the games or should I get the, the like Hurts drops? I said that this isn't Jake Plummer, Jake Cutler bad, right? But it's hello. It, it, you play to win the game. It's that next step down. If this goes badly, this will be remembered, no matter how good Tua ends up being. Yeah, I, 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 I'm I, sorry. I'm not buying Tua versus Aaron Donald was the plan all along, by the way. Um, I really – I honestly think they were planning to do this uh, during the the week that they had the Jets and and Fitzpatrick was just playing so well they decided <sighs> push it off one more week and he'll but he kept bomb against the well. Jets and he played he did, so well against the Jets heard? they sat him down to, for, in garbage time right. to, to get so to it, so man. here's so here's the better way to do it right here's the way that you can justify this let Ryan Fitzpatrick go out there and take your chances against the Rams and if he goes out and he gets destroyed by Aaron Donald now you can say. Oh, look, now we can put Tua in, put him in at halftime. Ryan Fitzpatrick is playing terrible. He threw three picks. He's turning to turn over Bernie Sanders after all. You know, he's just giving the ball away. Or you roll the dice and, wow, it's Fitzmagic, and he's lighting these guys up, and he's just he's rolling. This is – I just I hate the move. Yeah, because if you, if you had any inkling of keeping Fitzmagic at all, you don't yeah. make the move. Right. If you actually no. had a, a any thought in your mind that you were going to give Fitzmagic a chance and of possibly making a playoff run, then you don't even do it now or next week or whatever. You just go with Fitzmagic the whole the whole way and, and see what happens and give Tua a redshirt year. But no, this is what they were going to do. No matter what, like I said, Fitzpatrick uh, could have, you know, what could he have done to possibly keep his starting job other than what he was doing? What? He he lost three games. Okay, if he went six and zero, oh, I guess they would have uh, <laughs> they wouldn't have been able to do it. But anything short of that, they were going to do this no matter what. So no, uh, Aaron Donald was not the plan. I'm sorry that that's just ridiculous. Uh, you thought about locking this up. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go ahead. Sorry yeah. to I, good. You know what? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you locked it up. I'm on board completely. Uh-huh. I thought about lock. Yeah, oh yes. Hey, I can say that when you're two down. Right. <laughs> I thought you were cheering because you think now that means Tua is going to have a, a great day and, and come through for him. No, I'm I not crapping on Tua. I don't think this is an anti-Tua pick. I right. got nothing against the guy. This is your first NFL start. You had no preseason. Yes, you had two weeks of practice. You weren't practicing against <laughs> Aaron, Aaron Donald, Donald. And, and, and Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> I mean, right. Just, just saying. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't have anything against him either. Good luck. That's all. I, that's all yeah, I'll say. Hey, if, hey, if he luck. goes out there and shuts us up, good for him. Yep. On to the uh, Vikings and the Packers. Is, is this another one of those crazy weather games up there where you yes, are? Yes, forty forty uh, mile an hour winds. Possibly. Man, 
uh, and and uh, <laughs> forty mile an hour winds and Kirk Cousins. Can I take a guess that this is uh, where you're going to put your it's, lock down? <laughs> this is not my lock of the week. Oh, oh, this not man. my lock of the week because I actually I teetered on this pick. I actually went. I actually saw both sides of this, but I didn't oh. settle on the team. So okay, the one in five Vikings uh, with uh, Dalvin Cook uh, scheduled to return uh, as they come off their bye. Uh, our six and a half point underdogs at Aaron Rodgers and the five and one Packers. Yeah, I, Dalvin Cook coming back was big for me. So I thought about I, or most of the week. I was on, I was on the uh, the Vikings. You know, and the, the, you said six, but six and a half now. So that's moved down. That's moved. That's come down from push territory from seven. So it's like, okay, so I only need the Packers to be a touchdown better than this awful football team. So what do I see that would make me think? Why do I like? The Vikings, it's going to be really windy. They're a great running team if they commit to the run. And I was thinking, well, Mother Nature is going to kind of force them to be committed to the run. And then I thought back to that first game Hmm. when they were dominating the Packers on the ground and abandoned it for literally no reason. They got down by a point and just completely stopped running Delvin Cook. It just lost their identity. The Vikings Vikings are a hot mess this year. And a lot of people like me really like them this year to to kind of take that next step. And it's just not happening. The quarterback's in his head. Their offensive game plan is terrible. Their defense is completely trash. And Aaron, Aaron, okay, fine. Maybe the wind takes away the deep ball, but nobody's going to carve you up on the short stuff any any better than Aaron Rodgers will. And he's perfectly fine just taking, you know, just getting it out quick and taking the little dump offs and just letting guys catch and run and, and, and using the running back, even though no Aaron Jones. Still, Jamal Williams is a step down, but he's not the huge step down. And he's active in the passing game and be a lot of little swing passes. Yeah, they're just going to they're gonna get them all going wide. They don't have to go vertical. they got Kenny Clark back who's going to help stuff the middle more against Dalvin Cook. I, all I need him to do is be better than a touchdown than the Vikings. I think they will. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, though. I think the, the, the conditions might keep it closer, but I think the Packers will cover the number. The Vikings put up uh, 34 at home in week one. A lot against, of garbage uh, time stuff. A lot of garbage time stuff. That was, was, that uh, was DAC time. That was lot, lot of, yeah. DAC time. A lot of, lot of the stat padding. Um, yes. They gave up. They gave up 43 to Green Bay, which is why they was they were able to, to pad their stats. Uh, 522 yards of offense by the Packers uh, in that game. Aaron Rodgers had four touchdown passes. Uh, yeah, not a not a good look for the Vikings uh, the first time around. And Rodgers has arguably gotten better as the season goes on, even uh, since that first game. Uh, Dalvin Cook. Here's here's my deal with the Vikings, as I've said for couple years at least now Dalvin Cook uh, with a bad groin that doesn't balance out the Minnesota Vikings offense I've said the Minnesota offense looks very good one of the best in the league when they're balanced when they actually use Dalvin Cook and Kirk Cousins pretty much uh, at the you know at the same amount of time you know within maybe one or two uh, touches of each other Uh, they don't need to have it more than you know 20 they don't need to have Cousins throwing 30 times at the expense of running Dalvin Cook 15 times or something like that. They need to keep that as close to even as possible to keep that offense balanced. And I'm just going to guess that Cook coming off a of groin and his first game back, that they're not 
just that he's not going to be up to balancing the offense and doing what he normally can do physically, but that the coaching staff is not going to uh, have the nerve and North Turner is not going to have the, the guts to lean on him and use him the way that maybe you should use him. And they're going to rely more on Cousins. He's going to, Cousins is going to wind up throwing more again. And like I said, Kirk Cousins throwing more, bad. It's not good. You don't like that. Uh, so I will concur with you and take the uh, Packers and give the six and a half. Onto the uh, Patriots visiting the Bills, and ugh, the the New England Patriots are now they're two and four. Uh, I said I was going to keep an eye on some Cam Newton highlight packages and see because uh, uh, he's one of those guys that when he's yeah. off, you can really tell he's off, and he's off. Uh, yeah. So yeah, awful, uh, off and awful. So the uh, two and four pass with Cam, you don't know what he's going to play like. You don't know. How he's going to be? He's also not going to have Julian Edelman. Um, they're not going to have Stephon Gilmore. Um, it, it's not looking good for the Patriots. They are four and a half point underdogs at the five and two Buffalo Bills. Well, yeah, this is the one we talked about before the season. Buffalo, you know, rises to become the class of the AFC East. The Patriots are a team in decline. I don't think we expected it to be this dramatic and this rapid. Um. But yeah, there's something something's wrong with Cam Newton. And I don't know if it's confidence. I don't know if it's just trying to learn a new offense, which is four plays like Tech Mobile. Um <laughs> and they, they competed early and I the the league has adjusted. <laughs> Clearly there's been an adjustment made to what the Patriots are doing because they are not doing it anymore. They, Their teams are loading up to stop the run. They have zero respect for the Patriots passing game, which you would think would play to their, to the bills weakness because the bills are really weak this year. I don't know why they have great corners. Maybe it's the lack of, uh, lack of a preseason, like something, but that defense just isn't there on the back end, which is where they should be able to be exploited. Another weather game. We're going to have wind. We're probably going to have rain. It's going to be kind of raw, but that's fine. These are two teams that are used to playing in these types of conditions. So I'm not going to put as much faith into the weather because you don't have like a dome team going outside or a West coast team going to the lake. This is two teams that play in crappy weather all the time. So I think it's a wash. Either team, I think gets a big bonus from this. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm so so down on the Patriots. I think Josh Allen. If there's wind. I don't think Josh Allen's arm cares about wind. <laughs> I, th- I think Josh Allen's got the, the got the got the gun to cut that thing through the wind. I don't think Cam Newton does. So I think that they'll still be able to to throw the football around some uh, for Buffalo. They can't run, which has been very concerning for them because you think this is the kind of game where you'd want to get the ball on the ground and you'd want to run it, but. I don't think this is this isn't the sunning that it used to be. This was always like, oh, look at the Bills. The Bills have won a couple of games, and now they're going to go play the Patriots, and the Patriots are going to whoop them by five touchdowns. No, not this time. This is the Bills' division to win. I'm locking it up. The times they are changing, and Cam, uh, I used to have a guy uh, that you uh, definitely remember this picture uh, from from yesteryear uh, named Kevin Millwood. Oh uh, yeah. I, I used to be able to see when he was going to be good and when he was going to be off. There was something about how long he stayed balanced over the rubber in the middle of his windup. And it was so weird. I can't explain it, but 
anytime he started rushing his delivery where he he was off just a little, just a little quicker coming off the rubber in the middle of his windup than he normally would be. And I'm like, oh, he's off tonight. And he would always get lit up. And when he stayed back on that rubber and, and sort of hung for a second in the air with his, with his off leg before driving forward, he had his command and he had his curveball and he had his fastball and he spotted everything and he was a much different pitcher. And it was just weird that I could always seem to tell uh, when he was going to be good and when he was just a little off. And that's what it reminded me of watching Cam Newton and watching this throw go into the ground and this throw go sailing over someone's head and this throw way off to the right of somebody. And yeah, he's not right. He, there's some, I don't know exactly what's wrong with him. Uh, confidence. Uh, I still think there's a possibility that it's just a simple matter of physically that he got the goop and he didn't recover that the, the goop affects everybody completely differently, which is why uh, you got to be so careful about it. Cause you have no idea how it's going to affect you when you get it. It, hasn't affected a lot of people much at all. It didn't affect me that much at all, but others it affected them very greatly. And so he's, I don't think he's going to tell us exactly what's wrong with him or if he feels uh, some after effects of, of having a goop, but it might be that um, it, it might be any number of things, but yeah, uh, just to your point of uh, getting in the box and making sure that they don't run uh, those first couple games of the season uh, where Boy Wonder, Josh McDaniels, and Cam were able to game plan and make that offense almost look like uh, the Carolina offense, where uh, he dominated you on the ground, uh, Cam, and also the running backs, and then drop in those occasional very accurate, very deadly passes right where you needed them to be. He was doing all of that. Then he got the goop, and now he isn't doing that anymore. Um Will he get back to that? Who knows? But right now, definitely not. So, yeah, you have to take the uh, the Buffalo Bills in this spot, minus four and a half. It's a, a bit of a shame because I would have uh, loved to have seen the matchup of the Cam from week one and week two uh, going against this Buffalo team right now, this defense that has struggled so much this year. It would have been a much more even contest. Uh, but, yeah, I got to think that Buffalo wins by a touchdown at least uh, the way Cam is playing right now, maybe even more. On to late afternoon action. Let's go out to Denver where the uh, Chargers and the Broncos will get it on. The L.A. Clippers at 2-4, and four, the Denver Broncos at 2-4. and four. But when you look at the two quarterbacks and which one do you have more faith in, Justin Herbert or Drew Locke, it's no surprise that the Clippers are the favorite in that spot, even though they have the same records. Clippers give three and a hook, minus three and a half at the Broncos. We didn't talk about last week's game because the Chargers kept letting the Jaguars score and score and score and get that game back under the number multiple times. But to their credit, and Justin Herbert's credit, he made he made some big boy throws, and he's he's had some flashes. He had flashes against the Saints, and he really had a nice effort against the Jaguars. But yeah. that, that that that's a that's a Clippers team that likes to lose heartbreaking game after heartbreaking game and keep that thing under a touchdown all the time. Denver's not very good. They're not going to get after uh they're not going to get after Herbert. So I have I really have no reason to think that he's just not going to sling that thing around kind of like he did against Jacksonville. Um so I, I think they're the better team at this point. They're better coached. Uh Anthony Lynn despite the fact that they lose all these close games is a very good coach. Um 
So in the battle of Herbert versus Drew Locke, I've actually I've been more impressed by Herbert in just his minimal amount of time uh, than I have been from Drew Locke. So I'm going to take the Clippers here and give the points. But everyone's been more impressed by Herbert, and and I'm in, included. There's no doubt about it. He's he's showing that uh, this is why they drafted me so high. He, he definitely showed that yeah. from the moment he came in for the first time against the Chiefs and almost knocked off the world champs. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's there's no doubt that uh, Herbert's got a, a bright future. Uh, this is a good example, I think, of what uh, all these games with no fans has done. The Denver Broncos. Can you imagine? Even though they're not impressive, even though their quarterback's not impressive, yeah. the the defense is okay, is middle of the pack. But can you ever imagine the Denver Broncos fielding a team that's zero and three in their first three home games? And that's what the Broncos no. are this year. And this is game four at home. Um, and it very easily can go 0-4. I don't have a ton of confidence either way in this one. But what I'm, I guess, betting on is uh, since the L.A. offense is obviously the better offense coming into this game, I think Vic Fangio has to find a way to, to dial up some pressure and, and get after this this rookie and make him you know, feel the heat. They, they got to, even though Von Miller is not there and been out for the year, they got to figure out some way uh, to, to do some things. Uh, Cause if you don't, you know, pressure this kid into making some mistakes and you kind of wonder why you have Vic Fangio as your coach, you know, this is why he's there. He's the old guy. He's the, the defensive mind. He's got to put something together to, to make this kid feel it. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and take the Denver Broncos in a slow, low-scoring game to find a way to just kind of eke one out. The, the Clippers are good at finding a way to lose games late as we They sure are. So, they sure uh, are. Just on a hunch, I'm going to take the Broncos in this one. Here's a game that's uh, very curious. Uh, the 49ers and the Seahawks, the defending NFC champions, the 49ers have uh, gotten off the schneid of not being able to beat anybody that isn't in New York. And now they've gotten a couple of uh, somewhat impressive wins and got them back up over 500 at four and three Seattle coming off of that crazy ass game on Sunday night against the uh, Arizona Cardinals come up with the loss. We didn't talk too much about that, but that was uh, interesting because what it, what I have to, I had to consider picking this game is how is Russell Wilson going to be affected by that game? Because, for all of the uh, fireworks up and down the field, Russ could look at that and others could look at that and say, Russell Wilson lost that game for the Seahawks with some of those uh, interceptions that he threw and some of those uh, bad decisions. And he had been not been making any bad throws and bad decisions all year. They've been letting Russ cook, and it's, he's been cooking well. But in, in this game, he had some great throws. He had some great plays, but he also had some really bad ones. And then that sort of let Arizona stick around and, and find a way to pull it out late. So, uh, we'll, we'll try to figure that out. Uh, how much will Russ be affected by that? How much will the 49ers defense getting after him affect it? Uh, haven't seen any uh, good old fashioned uh, old school uh, uh, cop out lines this season, but this is one of them. Uh, 49ers are plus three at the Seahawks. Interestingly, because this is interesting to me because it's opened at six and a half. Oof. So this opened at, at six and a half and has moved down to three. Um, and I'm and I'm on that side. I'm actually on the side of the Niners here. I'm going to say something nice about Kyle Shanahan and Robert Sala. Um, all the defense, all the key defensive guys, right, decimated. That 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 49ers defense doesn't have much left, and we're into week eight now, and that's the fifth ranked defense in football. 
just stunning, right? I mean, you, if you did look at the number, you would not have guessed that when you realize no. they're just missing everybody. And their offense, has they've been out Jimmy G. They've lost Mostert. They've had injuries at wide receiver. It's the 12th-ranked offense in football. Yeah. It, which is just stunning. And when you look at Seattle, the number that sticks out to you and me, I'm sure, is the old DFL. And they are by far the worst defense in the league. That is the legion of room and then some. Um, they're pacing. that they, they have a few more bad efforts. They could give up 500 yards a game this year. They're at 480 right now. Mm. So uh, Seattle is the consensus pick in this game. I'm not going that way. I think the Niners can go in there and keep this close or get this to pushy territory or, or spring an upset even. Um, no more, no Raheem Mostert, but they get Tevin Coleman back, which is actually kind of big for them because he, he's, he's a good running back. He's a very workmanlike running back. He's not afraid to run between the tackles, but he's effective in the passing game too. Where the, and the Seahawks, just, Jimmy G after that terrible game where he got benched, he bounced back really nice. Um, where they benched him for whatever it was, mental health, or just so he didn't get hurt. He just clearly didn't have it. And then he came back and against the Patriots. It just lit those guys up. So uh, yeah, they went across country and did that. So, and they, we know that San Francisco and Seattle's good, good rivalry. They don't like each other. I don't think they're going to be intimidated. There's no, there's going to be no fans there really to, to turn the tide, no 12th man. Um, and I think Seattle's defense just keeps getting exposed, and this is going to have to be the Russell Wilson one-man show if they want to win again. So I'm going to take the Niners here. Believe it or not, with with all those injuries, they're a more balanced football team than the Seahawks are. I'm guessing the number coming down has got something to do with the fact that like every running back past or present for the Seahawks is a game-time decision for this game tomorrow. Uh, I'm talking Kurt Warner, Sean Alexander, going all the way back. All of them are, are game, time, game time decisions. Um, and Jamal Jamal Adams is uh, also going to be a game time decision. He might play. We he thought yes. we thought he might play last week, and he didn't. He might play Did in you say this. Kurt one. Warner, like the other Kurt Warner. The the Kurt with a C, Kurt Warner. Look yes. it up, kids. Google him. <laughs> not dumplings. Uh, not. <laughs> Where we're showing our age once again as as we reference people that uh, you haven't heard of unless you're over 40. Um, Shaq Griffin is going to be out, so that Legion of Room uh, gets even roomier, so that's also a a concern. Um, But this kind of is on Russell Wilson to me to sort of rebound back and and see if he can get back to being the MVP of the league again. Um, He made some really bad throws in that loss to the Cardinals, but uh, I, I wonder if the beat up still beat up San Francisco defense. Uh, is that going to be the, the D that can force errors this game? I know they've uh, made some plays and, and put up some good numbers defensively this year, but that that's another one. You got to go back to the, uh, to the competition a little bit. Those two New York games against those two terrible teams, those are still part of the mix as well. So uh, they, they have been impressive despite their uh, injuries, but they've also had uh, not that big a competition than last week with Cam. I don't know what the fuck that was. Um, I, I think Russ is. I agree that Russ is going to have to ball out uh, because the Seattle defense is so sorry. So it's going to be another one. It's going to be another shootout. Uh, you know, in the thirties again, probably with both of these teams. Um, and I don't have a, a, a ton of confidence at all in going with Seattle and giving the three. But that's that's a value when that comes down from six and a half to three. 
Uh, all Seattle has to do is win by four, and, and that's a and that's a cover, and that's uh, something that would have still getting, gotten you the 49ers at six and a half if, if you would have got it there. But since it's come all the way down this far, I think that's a little bit of disrespect to, to Seattle. That That's one loss. Uh, don't think they should be punished quite that hard for that. So I'm going to go with Russ uh, to bounce back, uh, even though the Niners are, are tough. Uh, the New Orleans Saints and the Chicago Bears, which we discussed a little bit, uh, how interesting of a game this is going to be. Uh, as a Bears fan, of course, I always see uh, Saints at Bears and get a little bit of a smile. Can't help it because that's the game that uh, Breeze and Sean Payton and, and Reggie Bush, if you remember the great Reggie <laughs> Bush, yeah. uh, the, the arrogant Saints came into Soldier Field thinking they were going to knock us off and go to the Super Bowl. And nope, Brian Erlacher led the comeback and Sexy Rexy, Rex Grossman and the Bears get the comeback win over the Saints and make their only other Super Bowl appearance outside of the uh, the marauding uh, Super Bowl twenty Bears. So can't help but smile at Saints at Bears. This is a, of course different Bears team altogether. Saints are they're different too, but they still got those main pieces. Breeze and Sean Payton still in the house, but Michael Thomas down again will not play once again. For the Saints, this is almost going to be a battle of number one receivers not playing, but uh, Allen Robinson got himself cleared of his concussion symptoms uh, yesterday, so he's actually going to be out there for the Bears. Uh, nonetheless, even with that, the 4-2 and two New Orleans Saints are four-point favorites on the road at yeah. Nick Foles and the 5-2 and two Bears. Would you believe the 5-2 and two Bears uh, <laughs> are 3-0 are and oh against the NFC South? <laughs> right? Falcons, Panthers, Bucks. They're trying to mm-hmm. go for the NFC South sweep here. Um, again, we're going to have some wind and cold in this game here, which I don't think bodes well for a, a dome team heading out into the cold. Uh, I think it's a slower track, you know, and this is a team that's used to the fast track, all, and, and especially with all the Drew Brees check down catch and run stuff that's been going on. I don't know. I don't even know if he can throw the ball into wind, any wind right now, as weak as that arm of his is much less 20 mile an hour. Uh, well, although if it's the wind is behind him, it might put a, you know, a few more yards on his throws, but there you can go. never account for that. It, really, it, it, it does, but it also causes some overthrows. Um, no. Both teams are down their, their top target, but I think that hurts the Saints more than hurts the Bears. I think that you're right. The Bears have no identity, which I think makes them just a hard team to, to, to predict. Like, what are you going to get from this team from week to week? Are you going to get the team that beat the Bucks? Are you going to get the team with the big comeback? Are you going to get the team that just crapped the bed last week against the Rams? I don't really think you know what you're going to get out of these guys, but defense they just got to show up and these are the kind of games they win i hate to tell you that i'm taking the bears straight up 4-0 against the south that could be their identity is the ugly win at all yeah. costs win an ugly unit right but to do that you have to have a somewhat competent offense you don't have to have the the joe montana 49ers offense you just have to have competency they're not competent on offense right now they're below sea level on, on every level. Their uh, running numbers are dropping like a stone. Their passing numbers are dropping, uh, even though Foles is supposed to be the upgrade over Trubisky. It doesn't look like that's the case. Uh, I didn't think it was the case when it happened. I still uh, think that Foles isn't much better than Trubisky. They are, speaking of DFL, 
how are you the worst rushing team in football? What are you doing? It's not like you're relying on the passing game and you just are choosing not to run. You have to run because your quarterback is either Mitch Trubisky or Nick Foles, and you're still finding a way to uh, have less running yards per game than any other team in the league. I, I don't understand that at all. Um, Drew Brees not being able to throw when there isn't any wind is not a problem when there's going to be windy conditions because he's throwing two yards downfield and the windy conditions aren't going to really affect that too much. So uh, it, I, no, in all seriousness, I am concerned that it's, it's, it's actually the Saints first outdoor game all season. I, I heard that on a, on a podcast this week. Oh. Um, uh, this is their first game and it's going to be windy as hell against the bears defense. So that absolutely screams danger to me. Uh, I'm taking the Saints anyway because the, how are the Bears going to score? Their offense is terrible right now. So uh, the Saints might not get past 16, 17 points, and I think that's yeah. going to be enough because the Bears might not get to 10. I just still tell you, you get these indoor teams outside, you get it with wind, you get missed field goals, you get muffed punts, you get all kinds of weird shenanigans. This could be a Cordero Patterson 103-yard touchdown return. Uh, you know, some weird thing to kind of get the Bears win these games and they always win them in weird ways, even when they're bad. Yeah, I agree. I don't I don't feel great about that pick at all. I could absolutely see the Bears finding a way to, to pull that yeah. out. 17-16, some ugly <laughs> number. Take the under. I love the under here. I do, too. On Sunday Night Football, speaking of unders, the Dallas Cowboys. Welcome, Ben, ben DiCucci. Is that what you call him? Ben, ben DiCucci. Leonardo DiNucci and the uh, Dallas ben Cowboys. Ben DiCucci, yeah. Are, uh, they're, they're t- I don't know, how are they two and five? How do they, w- we, we went through that last week, right? Yeah. The two wins, we're like, they beat, they, they beat Atlanta. <laughs> they beat Atlanta. Somehow. The Atlanta beat themselves. And then they beat, I forget, they beat somebody else. Oh, they had to come <laughs> I looked back. it up. Dalton. They had to come back with Andy Dalton. That's right, over the Giants. Uh, as, as like nine and a half point yeah. favorites, and they, they almost <laughs> lost that game. Oh and seven against the spread. The uh, Philadelphia Eagles are two, four, and one. They're nobody's idea of an impressive team at all. But Ben DiNucci and the Cowboys are eleven point underdogs. Yeah. At Carson Wentz and the Philadelphia Eagles. Straight value play here. I'm not going to crap all over this kid. I have no idea who this kid is or what he can do. <laughs> but I don't think the Eagles are better. Eleven points better than than anybody, and they're proving that because they're barely beating teams. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take. Straight numbers play here. Hey, Sean Lee's going to be back, and it's Sunday night football. So just you wait for that broadcast with Al Michaels and Collinsworth uh, filleting Sean Lee for three hours until he gets hurt. That's, I mean, he might, that's yeah. why he, he got cleared. That's why he got cleared just in time. <sighs> just for Sunday so you get stroked by those two yeah. guys. But yeah, exactly. I, I, the Eagles are terrible, the Cowboys are terrible. Maybe this just makes them try to run, 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 which is going to shorten the game and keep things closer. And hey, who knows? Maybe this kid's not trash. I have no idea. I, I don't I, really know. No, I don't either. It's a I'll take mystery. the Cowboys. That's, that's just give me the number. Uh, but look, I, I'm I'm, I'm going to be influenced by having watched that uh, Potato Skins game against the Cowboys last week. Twenty-two to three before anything happened. And guys standing around looking at Washington receivers flying by them. Like, they look like the, the, the Washington teams that won Super Bowls. They were everywhere. And the Cowboys were just looking at them like, what? Ooh, what? 
that that's unbelievable. That team that team's a dumpster fire. I'm sorry. I'm taking the Eagles. I'm giving the 11. They don't deserve it. All I know is the the veteran Philadelphia line, whoever this kid Dakuchi is, they better put him down. They better uh, get in there and, and pressure him like their lives depend on it, and they better not let him uh, show out and, and keep them around. That's all I know. On Monday night, uh, Tampa Bay is at the New York Giants, and here is some Tommy love if I've ever seen one. This line stunned me. Tampa Bay is 13-point favorite on the, road, on the road at the New York Giants. Yeah, I'll get the pick in quick because it looks like we're about to, to hit the, uh, the end of the show yeah. here uh, for the live part. But, uh, yeah, I'm giving them all the points. I'm giving the points. Taking t- Tommy and, and, and Tampa. And I'm not taking it because of Tommy. I'm taking it because of that Tampa defense. Okay, yeah, we were in the after show, so they didn't get me live, which is fine. Um I, I I can't give thirteen. That that's uh, I don't, the Giants are not good. I understand that. The thirteen on the uh, and and home field advantage doesn't mean anything either right now in, in the COVID. I understand all that too. This is all Tommy. This is Tommy Love. Thirteen. Come yeah. on, man. There's no way in hell the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would be thirteen point favorites on the road against anybody except Tommy has put together two or three really good games in a row. And now and contrast that with new England, and I'll, I'll throw this theory out there too. New England's struggling right now after they started off so high, that also plays into Tommy love because people are looking at that and going, Oh, look at this. Tommy's balling out. New England's struggling. Tommy is doing it. He's letting everybody know this is a mistake. Shouldn't have let me go. Tommy's just going to keep doing it. He's going to destroy everybody. That All that plays into that, that psychology of, of running to the, uh, to the uh, casino or wherever you make your bets and, and putting all your money down on Tom Brady. I honestly think that's what makes it. Uh, you, you're looking at numbers and spreads from the uh, from the beginning of the week. What was that spread uh, at the beginning? Uh, this opened at eight and a half. Come on. Opened at eight and a half. So the so the number and yeah Come the number the, the, so the num- people are betting on that must have been like three million dollars bet on Tommy on the first day and just <laughs> that they're like whoa 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 we got to keep moving this number up here. Well, let's see, Devontae Freeman crazy. out. So this yes. is the guy they just signed to replace the guy who out. Oh, All right, no. let, let, let me explain that one. Uh, my 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 theory on that why that doesn't matter quite as much. You're not running on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. No one runs yeah, on the Buccaneers. Well, their their pass defense is, is middle of the road, but their run defense is number one. You're, you're not running. If Devontae Freeman ran, if, if he played, how much is he running for? Forty, maybe. So it's it's Wayne Gallman. He, he what's he running for? Thirty. That's that doesn't matter. I, that's, I'm that's, gonna go that out on the here and say their leading rusher will be Daniel Jones. <laughs> that's probably correct. And he might have. 16 yards. <laughs> you might be right about that. Well, unless he pulls that unbelievable uh, play where he fakes and, and goes to the outside and there's nobody around like he did. And then he falls yeah. over. And then the sniper gets him. Who uh, was that against? Uh, uh, I forget who it was. That but was yeah, prime some... time, was it? Was that last week or the week before? That was prime time. I remember that was a prime time game. When he just yeah. they won that game. Yeah, we were all watching it. That, that had to be a week uh, week six. Um, Was that that Thursday nighter? Week six, they were. 
Uh, there was no Thursday night week six. Um, but we were all watching it. That's just true. Yeah. So, yeah, Thursday night week seven against Philly. Okay. Yep. Oh, yeah, that was the uh, that was the game they lost, but then I got – found a way out. to cover. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was right. That was the cute, get cute game. I was like, I know that game just happened. Right. Yeah, so you're right. He might, he might be their leading rusher. That, that very, uh, but what? But yeah, sixteen, twenty, twenty-five. I've honestly got a feeling that this is a twenty to three. I just, I don't, I just don't see the Giants scoring often enough in this game. And well, when it's that close, then you too much. Something like that. You know, fluky garbage time touchdown is twenty to ten, yeah. and there you go. Yeah fully admit that that could happen. They could just let off the gas. Oh, we know we got the game. Yeah, that can happen. But I think I don't even know if the Giants are good enough to do that. Here you go. I'll, I'll completely nail it down for you. Eight and, a half, eight and a half to 13 is some bullshit. Uh, Tampa's going to win by nine. They're going to fuck everybody that ran and put their money down on Tommy after the line moved. They're, they're going to cover it if you if it would have stayed where it's supposed to at eight something, which is completely reasonable. Uh, but thirteen is, is fucking bullshit. So they're going to win oh. nineteen to ten and, and fuck everybody who who did that. You were on. Were you on Philly? You were on Philly what, this right? week. Yeah. Yeah, against uh, Leonardo DiNucci. Yeah, because you know what that opened at when it was Andy Dalton. Yeah. <laughs> Three and a half. <laughs> right. There's a quarterback change. That's completely understandable. Philly's going to win by 10. (laughs) Okay. All right. Right? Right? I see you. All right. But that's a quarterback change. That's understandable. There's no change for this line to go up that much, except for the the Devontae Freeman, who's just a guy. There's there's no reason for that. That's Tommy. They're bad. I'm just looking through extra things that have not gone their way, and that's definitely not gone their way. It's all about Tommy. He's been above average. Get, Got to give him credit, all right? I'm, I'm not trying to take away from Tommy. Great system quarterback again, right? We get back into that. Great all time of system. Got fit right into that Bruce Arian system and, and is making yeah. it making it happen, making plays, Actually, making throws. Actually, I don't think he fits into the Bruce Arian system. You, you think he made the Tom Brady system uh, as yeah. far as Tampa Bay? Yeah. That's not a Bruce Arian's offense. It doesn't, yeah, it you're doesn't right. It's... resemble a Bruce Arian's offense. Yeah, that's true. A uh, lot, lot more short throws, a lot more, lot more Tommy throws. Pick <laughs> sixes. I mean, that's right. <laughs> a lot of arrow routes, a lot of, lot of short stuff. Not on pace to throw thirty picks. I think that's the big improvement <laughs> in the offense. Yeah, you know what? I may have. Uh, it, it felt like one of those weird Monday nighters in New York. Uh, like their Super Bowl this is the biggest game they're probably going to play profile wise. I, I would have hung with the, the Giants uh, for the win, maybe if uh, if they had a running, you know, if Saquon. I'm, I'm talking about if, yeah. if they had their their actual team. If they actually had the, the guys there that are supposed to yeah. be there. If they had a real, you know, actual office that they could speak of. But Wayne Gallman, come on. But, Not if it was Saquon, if it was right. Eli. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Like, just like last year, when when yeah. Eli got that start late, and I was yeah. on the Giants, and you were like, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> I think that was the Eagle game. It was a Monday night game. So. And I was all over Eli, kind of like riding off into the sunset. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> what you know? <laughs> yep. Giants. 
Giants won that game. Yeah, if this was Eli going against Tommy, Tommy Tommy would be crapping his pants. Yeah, he can't beat Eli. <laughs> no. But he can beat Daniel Jones. <laughs> he might grab his pants anyway just seeing the Giants logo across the field. It might be like, oh! Strahan will come back and, and Umanora. <laughs> yeah. For old times' sake, maybe they'll have a this is what you do is you, you like have a presentation like before the game on the field for like the 12 fans who were there, ah. like commemorating that team or that D line or something. And you have, yeah, if you were, if you had, if this place was full of fans, again, with no fans, this is tough. Back for one night only. Let's welcome Justin Tuck. Give it up. Yeah. Yeah. Arm and Jesse Armstead. <laughs> right. Justin, those four guys just wrecked Tom Brady. Oh my God, OC was a fucking oh, yeah. beast. <laughs> OC Humanora, man, that's <laughs> a throwback, four, right? That's three of the four: OC Armstead, Tuck, and Owen oh, Strahan. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's so those four. Are the four. How many yeah. other D lines can you name all four guys? That's 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 tough. That's one of the toughest D lines you're ever gonna see, man. Yeah. They 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 kicked ass. So they, they absolutely did it. Guys, almost those four guys won a Super Bowl twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two of them. Yeah. So <sighs> that's it's always fun to go back and remember some old guys. Yeah, yeah. We like to, we like to jump in the wayback machine because that's way back. That's how long Tommy's been around. That we're jumping back in the wayback machine. And he's still playing. Strahan, you can't forget because you see him on the uh, the pregame shows now. Yeah, but nobody talks about Armstead, Umanora, and Tuck. No, Those they don't. They don't get the love. Those guys wrecked it too. Fuck yeah, they 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 get love from us. Shout out and, to the old Giants and, and uh, JPP when he had a whole hand. Man, Jason Pierre-Paul, he was a motherfucking beast too. <laughs> when he had his whole hand. <laughs> Actually, that's kind of unbelievable that he's still effective now yeah. with with half a hand. Because I thought when he had that accident that his career was over. I honestly did. Was it like a wood chipper or something? No, it was fireworks. Fireworks. Right. Blue you know, light up fireworks. Yeah. Wood chipper. You've been watching Fargo. Uh, that was head first. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm sure his hand got damaged, too. Well, yeah, eventually. <laughs> All right. I think we're both starting to get punch drunk a little bit. Um, yeah. No, that, that's well, what that's happens. Fun. Kind of clock shows are always fun. Yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. I mean, kind of real quick before we get out of here. Yeah, because we get the first, we, we get the, we get the Bryce hour, and now in the first hour of the show. <laughs> oh my God, is he going to be uh, in his cups on Thanksgiving night when when they yeah. have that rematch? <laughs> oh, that's Thanksgiving. Yes, at Pittsburgh is Thanksgiving yeah. night. Baltimore at Pittsburgh. Well, you know, either way, next week he's calling, licking his wounds. Or he's calling to rub it in your faces. He doesn't call and lick his wounds. He, if they lose, well, he's not calling. Do you remember that, after we lost to Miami that one time? And it was just we brutal. Didn't, we, didn't we didn't hear from We were putting the wellness checks out. We didn't hear from him for two years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, he, if they lose this game, we're not going to hear from well, him for, you know for a he's while. He's right high right now. It, it, yeah. It, it, he was. He's, he, I love it. The last couple of weeks, it's just. He's just so anxious, anxious to get those picks from us. And last week we were both boom. <laughs> we we're both on the Steelers going against the Titans, and this week we we're both on the Ravens. And it was like you could you could feel the, like oh no, it's like we let him down. 
But but am I right? If you don't pick the Steelers to lose this one, when the fuck are you gonna pick them? Like what what, what how what other? If you're picking them on paper, you got to figure the rest of the way they're gonna be favored just about every week, right? Yeah, they're gonna lose. And they're gonna lose, but you have to actually say what games though. You can't just say, well, they'll they'll lose some game, and then you pick the Steelers every single game when it's actually time to pick them. It, nobody, the Steelers do have a really bad tendency of showing up small against really bad teams. Yeah, every now and then. Mike Tomlin will get, he will undercoach sometimes. So let's see here. Balt, at Baltimore. All right, no, they're not going to, I mean, that's the one, right? And then you got, what, at Dallas. That's what I was joking about. Oh. Probably going to win that one. Uh, hosting the Bengals, I, you know what? That feels like a, that doesn't that feel like the kind of game where little Joe Burrow hang around and hang around and hang around and some weird shit happens. Yeah, but look at it from Bryce Williams. He's not he's not picking the Bengals. Oh, he's not going to pick he's against them at Jacksonville. No, no. Unless Jacksonville just you know unless it's a mental block. Um, then you've got Baltimore again. He's not picking they, them to go into Pittsburgh and win. He's never doing uh, that. Then they've got Washington. Come on. No. Uh, a Sunday nighter at Buffalo. He's not picking Buffalo. He's he no. No, he's I'm not picking the Buffalo Bills. A spot where they could lose. They could lose right. Buffalo. They could, sure. Uh, a Monday nighter at Cincinnati late. He's definitely not picking that. Yeah. Not picking that. No. Uh, home against the Colts. Home against the Colts, and then at right. Cleveland week seventeen. Right, he's not he's not picking against the Steelers all year. He's gonna he's saying that they will lose, but he's not actually picking any of those teams to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers when it comes down I, to it. I, I've got a feeling. That I think the best they're gonna get against the Ravens is a split this year. So, the best. I'm not even saying that I think I I, I think Baltimore could beat them twice, but I think they could. The best they could hope for is a split against the Ravens. So. But that's true. But they're good enough to sweep them and take control of that division. I'm very impressed by uh, the way Ben has uh, ran that offense. As I was saying when I watched the Steelers game, the fact that he's not trying to bomb everybody to death, that he's decided to just I'll take whatever's being whatever's available. If it's short, I'll just keep taking the dinks and dunks, and I don't care who I'm throwing it to. Uh, it looked like this kid Chase Claypool was going to be a, yeah. a, a mega star, and he didn't target him hardly at all against the Titans because they were guarding him and defending him and then shading their coverage uh, towards him. So he just said, okay, fine. Deontay Johnson over and over again. He didn't care. He just said, well, whoever's open, I'll take that. And it's a, it's a departure from the bin that we knew before the injury, but he looks like he came back and sort of humbled himself and said, I don't have to try to bomb away and air it out and make a long distance superstar out of Juju or anything like that. We're going to win. However, best that, whatever way that we think is best and that's how we're going to do it. And that, that was very impressive. Uh, the fact that he uh, had some brain farts and made a couple of mistakes in the second half uh, and some bad throws. Uh, that's what really uh, gave the Titans a chance. Uh, but I, you know, credit the Titans defense as well for stepping up and, and uh, yeah. definitely had a, an energy surge after that AJ Brown touchdown, by the way, I wrote down in my notes about that AJ Brown touchdown. We were uh, talking about the, uh, some some great quarterbacks and greatest of all time and goats and and the the Joe Montana topic came up last week when we were talking with Bryce. 
that A.J. Brown touchdown, that slant and just go and leave everybody in the yeah. dust, very Rice-like. Yeah, it was the old, that was the old Jerry Rice, the old, the old uh, Joe Montana. Even in the video game, even in Joe Montana football, you couldn't stop the slant. It was yeah. like a cheater play. It was a cheater play. You saw why. <laughs> if you hit the slant, it was a touchdown every time. Gone. Just see you later. Yeah, I, I remember not... I was playing Joe Montana football on my Sega Genesis, and it was such a cheater play that I wouldn't run it. Right? This is not fair. <laughs> I wouldn't run that play. And I'm playing and I'm playing through my whole season and I get to the Super Bowl and then it's overtime and I get the ball. Overtime. Oh, gotta, gotta, gotta do it. Do you know what play I ran for the first play in overtime? <laughs> to the Super Bowl? And it was a touchdown and I won the Super Bowl. So you gotta I, had, do it I had ethics until every, all the chips were down. <laughs> and then trying to win the game. Now this is a slant. Uh, time to win the ring? Okay, got to do it. Cut the bullshit. Game over. Uh, <laughs> all the mo- the money is, uh, the sharp money and the public money is heavily uh, slanted uh, Steelers this week. So you and I are actually on the short side here. Interesting. Yeah. The public is 63%. The sharp money is 57 Okay, but that's not, you know, heavily weighted. That's pretty. 63 from the public, though. That's almost two to, that's two to one. Yeah, and and I'm not surprised because it's the Steelers, and yeah. even if they weren't undefeated, it's the Steelers, and they're go- they're always going to get that love. Right, the right, there are teams that just like Tommy getting twelve, giving twelve and a half, right? Good God, and open at eight and a half, and down and thirteen, twelve and a half, whatever it is. That's yeah. that's craziness. I'm sorry. That is a big move. With with no major news, that's a big move. The, the, uh, the, the Philly again, the Philly yeah, line change. That's a quarterback change. That's understandable. Right. Saints opened at two and a half, moved to four. Seahawks minus six, moved to three. Um, Clippers that's were one, interesting moved to too. three and a half. The Clippers moved just from one point line to a three and a half point line. So the you know money's coming in there. Uh, Indy Denver stayed the same. The Tennessee opened at three and a half and moved to seven. Mm. I don't know what happened there. Um, that just got to be money flow. Yeah, just Baltimore love on the Titans. Opened at six and moved to four. Again, money's flowing to Pittsburgh side. Right. Buffalo opened at three, moved to four and a half. Cleveland three to two and a half, so Cleveland moved down. Um, Rams stayed the same. Packers and Vikings mostly stayed the same. Chiefs moved down by two points, but. Hey, that's two huge points. Getting that under twenty just feels huge. Yeah, I'm I'm a little surprised. I got to be honest. Let I'm, I'm glad I'm not anywhere near a sports book. <laughs> They're making it easier and easier. We just started, I think, either Uh-oh. today or uh, tomorrow, which is now today, uh, November the first, uh, in Tennessee. Um, the uh, the mobile. You can you can do it on your phone now. In oh, Tennessee. I thought you were at the gas station. <laughs> huh? Uh, yeah, I got. I thought you meant the mobile, like the gas station. Hey, I got twenty. <laughs> I, got, I got twenty bucks on pump eight, and uh, twenty dollars on the Chiefs too. I don't know why they can't do that. I'm, I'm, you, know, you might as well. <laughs> can you imagine that? It's, give me a couple of Powerball tickets too. Right. That, I was just about to say that's about the only reason you can't do that at the, at the mobile stages because they sell too many uh, scratch-offs. That would take <laughs> that 
Or cut into that business if you, if you let them do me, that. Give me 20 on the Chiefs. Yeah. 20 put on the Chiefs, on, 20 on eight. Put it on my rewards card. And then 20 scratch-off tickets. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, get, the, get the loyalty card from the gas station. You know, spend a spend $100 gambling. You know, you get 10 cents off a tank of gas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, like they're, they're starting... They they started it here uh, uh, today, um, where you can do it on your phone now. Uh, betting sports and Uh-oh. they're they're trying to tempt they're trying to tempt me because there's some site I went to I, I don't even know which one that said only for Tennessee and some some other states that started today. Uh, join our book and and get a twenty five dollar credit or something mm-hmm. like that. And I'm like, okay, you guys are trying to trying to rope me in here. You're trying to make it where I don't even have to leave my damn house, and I can start losing money again if I want to do that. I, I I resisted one time, but if an offer comes that's just too good to be true, I might have to consider. Like I don't, I, you've heard of some of these states that had unbelievable uh, like promotions to get you to yeah. sign up, like. You you put down a bet on on the home team plus like a hundred points, which is obviously going to be a winner, and that's how you you entice them. And that's how you rope them in. You you give them that gimme bet, and now they got the money in the in the account. And most people, of course, they're gonna they're not going to be content with that ten dollars in their account. They're going to have to put a little more in there to to make it worth their while. And that that's how you get them. That's how you get them. So. Uh, It'll, it'll be up to me if I see just a, an unbelievable uh, promotion that I can't resist and I, I have to take advantage of. I may do that, but it'll be up to me to then have some restraint and, and not go right. ahead and add more in there and, and give them what they want. And for the love of God, don't bet the Jets. <laughs> Worst bet ever. No, only you can pick the Jets, apparently. I can't do that. I can, <laughs> I I can never you. pick the Jets. It's okay. I, you know, I, I had a, I had a feeling that that's just a spot, and 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 I did not expect the Bills to literally live in Jets territory and come away with 18 points. Anytime you want to score a touchdown, you're you're more than welcome. Anytime. They turn they turn one of those into a touchdown. One. Yeah. You yep. cover right. Yep. Because what were you 11? Uh huh. Just one. One. One touchdown. Yeah, but believe me, I know. <laughs> and they were there. They were there a lot. Yeah, and it looked every time I looked up, they'd be in the red zone, and the next thing I'd look, it'd be third and fourteen. Because <laughs> they were lollygagging. Yeah, I don't know. The, the Bills' offense really got off the the ground, you know, like a rocket ship those first few weeks, and they they yeah. sort of dialed back down. The, the, I think the league kind of caught on a little bit and said, you know, this, this, this Josh Allen guy likes to throw deep a lot. Maybe we should cover the target. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're just going to go like three deep shell and, and, and make you drive on us. And make you have touch, make you display that you actually have some touch. And then, you know, that, you know, if you try to just throw everything as hard as you can, we're going to make it where you have to put a little bit of finesse on it just to, to have some success. And he doesn't have a lot of finesse on his throws right now. No. I'm putting a lot of faith in those bills locking them up tomorrow. You're yeah. with me. You agree with me. We agree with each other on our locks this week, though. 
Well, that's that's good. We're we're not uh, shitting on each other's lockers. But if you shit on my lock, I know it's it's a it's a loser. Right? I know it's that right off now. of that. Um, <laughs> that's two. Yeah. Guess how many? Two. Guess how many we disagree on? Eight. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. <laughs> that's counting the the prime time games that we're, we're we're against each other on both the night games. So it's gonna be uh, some some fun uh, watching. Yeah, I, I, I don't have a lot of confidence. I have more confidence on the Tampa one just because I think the Giants are just not going to score. Um, I don't have a lot of faith in that Nikuchi pick. I mean, <laughs> if the Eagles win this game 38-3, to yeah, it's mail-it-in time. Yeah, I got I to gotta think so. Well, again, I don't know if they're not trying or if they really are that badly coached and don't know what the hell they're doing. I, yeah. I couldn't believe what I was watching against uh, Washington. I could not believe it. It was so disgraceful. So, yeah, I, I want to see if they repeat that. They, they've done I it pretty much every game this it. year. I had red zone. I didn't see a lot of the game, but I just kept seeing that Washington just kept scoring. They weren't in the red zone. They were just scoring. They weren't driving and getting chunks of yardage. In the, they were just going past the Cowboys and running into the end zone. There, there wasn't a lot of red zone coverage there. Man. Okay. And well, that's Washington. This is going to be Sunday night football. I'm sure I'll have a chance to see it. Yeah. Um, it's supposed to be pretty crappy weather here tomorrow. Cold, windy. I mean, they're calling for 50 mile an hour winds over towards Ooh. Green Bay in the morning, and that's what that's the thing I'm looking at tomorrow for that game. Where we're under like wind advisories, and I'm like, oh man, I wanted to pull the trigger on the Vikings so bad, but I just couldn't do it. <laughs> Uh, it's going to make for some uh, football that we haven't seen all year with, with when we, now we're in, introducing I elements. It. Yeah. I love it. And we're yeah, going to start, too. you know, unders are going to start to become, you know, I think everybody's pumped up. We've inflated these numbers so much because of all the high scoring. And now you're going to start to get cold weather. This is going to be that transition period where unders become attractive at new Orleans, Chicago, under, under, under all the way. <laughs> I'm with you. Big, big flashing light on the under on that one. What That's is the over under? The over under on that is I want to say it's forty two and a half. Yeah, I still see that under. Yeah, that's a reasonable number, and yeah, I, I still go under. I don't see either team getting to twenty. I don't either. So, of course, why I took of course I don't. Because I don't see that in the uh, Tampa Giants either. Because uh, it feels like it's time for Tommy to have a little bit of a, of a come down. Yeah. Well, he had that against the Bears when he forgot what down it was. <laughs> that was a real it's, defense. That, that senior played, moment. Yeah. It's senior mm-hmm. moment. Yeah, it's okay. We adapt to the best of us. <laughs> so, all right. All right. Well, hey, the nice thing about doing the late show on the night we set the clocks back is we get this hour back. It's really exactly. only it's really only eleven thirty, so I'm still going to get six seven hours of sleep because my kids will be up at six thirty like they were this morning. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's always like Rich Heat. I like it. <laughs> we should, do, yeah, we should do this all the time. We should always have it. We do, you know, always try to have a sh- late, late, uh, like a later show right before the clock change, because then we feel like, oh, you know, we it didn't really happen. Oh man, I got some great stories of, of the times throughout the years that me and and Dave, the movie expert, and and some other friends uh, went down to the strip club on those nights where the you're gaining oh, the hour. That's when you want to change uh, the the hours uh, when you're closing down the strip club and you get you get to two o'clock and then three o'clock comes and the uh, DJ announces, "Guess what, everybody? 
It's two o'clock again. Yeah. Oh man. Fuck yeah, baby. Get them thongs out. Yes. Oh, back in the day. Uh, All right. That'll do it for our big time football party here. Looking at week eight coming up in the NFL. Um, I had something else I was going to go to when I thought about strip clubs and completely lost my train of thought. So I have no idea where I was going. Anyway, uh, this has been the Halloween episode of In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Thank you all for joining us. And come back here for week nine picks next week. I think I was going to bring up a little real or fake maybe uh, next week. It would be a good time for, for that to try to see who's, you know, who's still around and who's needs to be on their way out. And then maybe we can play a little bit of that. Uh, coming up for week nine. Yeah, that's about uh, the halfway point. Mm-hmm. Yep, the, the halfway point of week eight. We're, we're going past it, getting into week nine, and uh, had a couple more teams that had some COVID scares, but thankfully everything worked out. So we get our full slate tomorrow, no Tuesday night football or Monday afternoon or anything like that. So that, that's a good thing. Oh, speaking of that, one more small thing. Uh, speaking of the goop, we get the L.A. Dodgers – finally breaking through, winning a World Series. Yeah. And in the middle of it, we got a guy that's, I guess, testing positive and said, and, I don't care. I'm going to yeah. run out on the field and celebrate with my guys, and I'm going to take my mask down. I don't give a fuck. So, and he Justin played. Turner. Right. Started the game playing. And he got the goop come, in the seventh inning or something? <laughs> he come down in the middle of the game and said, um, you, you want to come here? We, we, we need to pull you off the field because you, uh, you got the goop. Tested positive. And that's bad enough, but then the Dodgers go on, win the World Series. Yeah. He runs right back out on the field with a mask on and then eventually pulls the mask down and celebrate whatever. Like, what do we not care? What are we doing? Why are we in a in a uh uh yeah. Yeah, why are we in a stadium and yeah. a in a you know, got a, a, everybody away from their, their families and uh, in this situation, in this bubble down here, why are we having a bubble if we're having a guy test positive and just run back on the field to breathe on everybody? What what yeah. are we doing? And start hugging everybody, and taking champagne baths with everybody, and yeah. What, what what's yeah. going on? Good for the Dodgers. I, I, does anybody put much faith like stock in these bubble championships? These shortened chances. Does anybody really care about the Dodgers or the Lakers winning this year at all? I think people care, but I think it's diminished. I do think that it's not quite as, you know, if you were, have, were traveling and going to the different stadiums and, and doing it in front of your home fans, it's definitely different. It's definitely uh, lesser. I mean, you, obviously the players, you're not going to be able to tell that it's different because the ring's a ring. Uh, the, the reporters that actually love and cover the sport, you're not going to get them to say that it's diminished because that's their sport. They they love it, and they're not going to say that it's less than. But I think for most of the rest of us, yeah, it, it's less than. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's always been a little icky and, and gross for me to be watching, knowing what's going on and knowing that they probably don't need to be playing these sports at all, but they're, they got to do it because of the TV money. And yeah, the fact that the Dodgers, first of all, you got to diminish it because the Dodgers won. So that right there tells you that there was something off. The fact that the Dodgers actually won and went all the way through and won a tournament, obviously something was wrong. Obviously without, something was different. Yes, if, if this was a regular uh, scenario and a regular postseason with all the traveling and everything like that, then somehow the Dodgers would have found a way to lose because that's what they do. Uh, right. 
but but all jokes aside, yeah, it's definitely not quite the same for me. They're you know they'll come back next year and they'll have their rings and they'll have their ceremony and celebrate it, but uh, there'll always be a little bit of a of a stain on it for me when I think back yeah, to it. It's got a little asterisk kind of feel to it. It's like oh yeah right. yeah it's fun. yeah, but it was twenty twenty. Yeah, there was all sorts of stuff going on, and so many guys that weren't there because of the goop or because they dropped out or what. It, it, you know, you beat everybody, but you didn't really beat everybody. You know, right? But 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 you won, so congratulations. As I'm sitting here, literally through my headphones, hear the wind roaring outside. It's gonna be one of those days tomorrow, folks. It's gonna be fun. <laughs> Get ready. All right. He is Jay. I am Dre. This has been In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Once again, thank you all for attending our Halloween spooky ooky football party. And we'll be back next week to talk about this weird and unusual week eight that looks like it's shaping up to be tomorrow. And preview week nine coming up in the NFL. We will talk to you next weekend. Everyone enjoy your football tomorrow.